beautiful people, and welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome, on this week 15 Thursday, December 14, 2023. This program starts now. Football is happening tonight as Easton Stick, the three-time, three-time, three-time national champion college football player, leads the Los Angeles Chargers mm-hmm. into Sin City to take on Aiden O'Connell in the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, for the Los Angeles Chargers, who are getting three points on the road, they're out not only Justin Herbert, but also Keenan Allen and many others. Yikes. Easton Stick, though, can spin it. He's mm-hmm. been quoted as saying, hey, are we playing football? It's Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. You play football? Yep. Mm-hmm. I play a lot of football. Yeah. He's 49 and 3 in college. Whoa. That's a lot of football games. Now, was it North Dakota State or whatever? So, who was he playing? We don't know, but we know he can do that with a football. So, has he spent some time around a football or two? Yeah. I'd say mm-hmm. Palmer's back in the lineup for him, so that should be another weapon. Austin Eckler's going to get in the end zone. We assume that's going to take place. But how about this Raiders team? There's a lot of people questionable for them as well. Uh-huh. Aiden O'Connell was the decision that was made by Antonio Pierce, inter- uh, interim head coach, over Jimmy G and Brian, Brian Hoyer. Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. Yeah, okay. So Aiden O'Connell had a good week of practice. Oh, yeah. Great Crush, bro. There was a competition for who's going to get the chance to take the snaps here on Thursday Night Football on Prime and kickoff week 15, which will see Saturday games for the first time this season. What? Three of them, mm. and then a full Sunday slate, and then a Monday Night Football game. It is a lovely time to be a football fan, and we can't thank you enough for joining us on this glorious Thursday. The Toxic Table is here at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. Got a snake on your shirt. Don't love that. Yeah, yeah. The snake's just part of it. I think the, the focus is the Tiger. You just got to be aware of the snakes in your life always, of course. But I, I couldn't be more pumped for Week 15. I, I came in this morning and I said to Ty, like, kind of a bummer. Not many good games this weekend. Then all of a sudden I look. Oh, we got seven and six versus seven and six. We got, you know, six and seven versus six and seven. It feels like there are a bunch of good games. Yeah, it's super wild card weekend, too, the way it's set up. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So, all yeah, those exactly. games on Saturday, <laughs> winning records, every single team. Boom. That's what, And we also, you know, and then the next day. Yeah. Yep. We are loaded. We're in. Oh, we yeah. are in a beautiful time. Plus, you throw in, there's some bowl games happening, That's too. Right. Yeah. Kicking off bowl season this weekend. It is lovely. Now, you know, some people would say the snakes are the NCAA. Oh, you know, for some of the things whoa. that they I'd do. Agree. We will have the attorney general. Is that the name? Yeah. Yep. Voted, right? I think yeah. something's voted. It's a political position. Correct. Bingo, yeah. It is a representation of the state whenever there's law shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Attorney General of West Virginia, Patrick Morrissey, will join us. He was a part of a group that sued the NCAA in a federal court because of their transfer rules. Uh, in Raekwon Battle, the basketball player for West Virginia, has been given an injunction pretty much alongside every other NCAA player that they can play for two weeks here. And the NCAA can't rule uh, that he can't because of the multiple transfer without a thing, whatever, because now that NIL is happening... There's money to be earned. Mm -hmm. So now you're taking away people's wages and earnings. Mm. So that becomes a much bigger conversation. So now it's a different group of people getting involved in suing the NCAA. So this could actually lead to something that maybe the NCAA could babyface and say, yeah, you know what? The rule is dumb. We don't really know how Mm -hmm. to kind of handle it anyways. Yeah. 
We got people transferring four times, playing eight years. Mm -hmm. But if there's a couple situations where guys have to transfer for a Raekwon battle is mental health. I think Tez Walker was because of a family situation mm -hmm. that was happening. Like, instead of having to hold these players in a terrible position, maybe we just say, yeah, those rules were at a different time, and we just kind of let it go. Instead, the NCAA is probably still going to fight back and say, no, we want to hold these players out of the sport. Mm -hmm. of course. We want to screw these players over. We don't care. And it makes no sense. We'll talk to Patrick Morrissey. Seems like he's involved in this pretty deep, and it is because Raekwon Battle is involved in it, the West Virginia basketball player who has a two-week run here where he gets to play some ball. Good yeah, luck go. out there. Good, Good luck. luck out there, Raekwon. Michael Lombardi will join us in about 16 minutes. He's obviously an incredible paisano yep. and loves to give out picks. One half of the hammer, Don Cowboys, Tone Diggs is here. Tone, tonight, what's the play? What do you think Lombo's going to say is the play? Three is a, it's a nice, clean number. I love looking at a good three out there. So the, the Raiders were three-point dogs at home last week to the Vikings, and they lost 3 nothing. That was an absolute barn burner. Oh, that was uh, tough the the Char Chargers, you know, with Herbert being out, they only scored six points the week before against the Patriots. Could be a low-scoring one here in primetime uh, that we've come used to this year. 34-and-a-half is the over-under. It sounds Ooh. like you will continue Gee, to ride. I will. I think under I will. horse. Yeah, the under 34-and-a-half. Yeah, I think which, I will. Good for Herbie and Al Michaels. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're going to be pumped. Herbie and Al Michaels are going to be calling a battle tonight. Yeah. And Herbie knows a lot about Easton Stick. Yeah, he does. He, he had That's to do right. a lot of research for it because the last two game days, every single year, start focusing on the FCS. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you start giving highlights mm -hmm. because it's getting down to playoffs, and their March Madness setup, their tournament setup is great. Phenomenal. The, right? the way it goes down is great with games on Friday night and then into Saturday. Mm -hmm. Like it is great. So, so he's done a lot of research on old Easton stick, you know, at least three years of that yeah. guy went in a natty being around his freshman year. He didn't play. They didn't win. Yes. And then he goes in sophomore, junior, senior year. They win, 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 win. A lot of football, which speaking of a man who was around football for 36 years as a coach, 18 in college, 18 in the NFL, our coach, the show's coach, the program's coach, ladies and gentlemen, Chuck Pagano. Yeah. Oh, Chuck, he's played a lot of football. That's good news, right? Doesn't it feel like it for the Los Angeles Chargers tonight? Yeah, we'll see. Oh, geez, Chuck. Uh, Chuck. Chuck, what is that all about? Was Chuck, it last week. what is that all about? He can dribble the we, football. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. He went around the lake. Mm -hmm. Sick. Can you imagine how long it takes to build chemistry with the start when you know you have a starter and to go to training camp and then you get every rep? Herbert's getting every rep for, you know, every day for 14 weeks, and now we're just going to throw Easton in there. And expect, mm -hmm. yeah. Welcome to backup court, Aiden O'Connell. Yeah. What do you think Aiden O'Connell was doing? With they, they ran the ball for 155 yards without Eckler. Back first time they played, Chargers beat them 24-17. They 155 on the ground. Mac had a, a huge day, uh -huh. but so Stick doesn't have to. He doesn't have to just put this whole thing on his back. Hand the thing off. Bubbles, be some quick, get them in a rhythm. Dribble. Maybe yeah. dribble it. Dribble. Yeah. Maybe dribble it. Mm -hmm. you know, so That'd be pretty sweet. Like a read option. They'll try to get them in a rhythm early. Make it easy on them. Crosses up Max Crosby. I know he hates oh. no I, I know that he hates that he missed the behind the back yeah. oh, yeah. filming. Oh, yeah. Because I'm assuming in practice there's times where he's throwing that thing. Yeah. Clean. And he's just absolutely doing it. Mm -hmm. That was years ago. I couldn't even imagine years. what he's able to do now. Hopefully we bust out and see some of this in warm-ups. You know, because CJ Stroud down there, he's playing a little baseball. Mm -hmm. Right. He, yeah. he, he's doing a little basketball. Yep. Mm -hmm. sick. Maybe that's just a part of his thing. Like, yeah, I need dribble football to make myself feel in the zone. And maybe tonight he's able to do that. Give the ball to Austin Eckler. 
always seems like the right player. Remember, the Austin Eckler story is an interesting one because every time you see him play football, he ends up in the paint. Yep. Yes. Like literally every single time he scores a touchdown. This past offseason, though, he wanted a little bit more money. They said no. He, then he said, oh, trade me then. And then wasn't able to be <laughs> traded. So, no. And then he came back okay. and then he agreed to like an incentive-based deal that gave mm-hmm. him an extra like 750000 bucks or something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like he is one of the most undervalued people throughout the entire NFL right now with what he does, his production and everything like that. He was kind of the kickoff to the whole running back. Mm-hmm. We yeah. aren't happy. Yeah. Running backs are getting screwed conversation this offseason. He's a dog. Now on the Las Vegas side, Max Crosby, questionable, he's going to play. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, right. he pra- Absolutely. He practiced yesterday. He was of the guys that are questionable. He's the only one that practiced yesterday. Yeah, he's Max Crosby. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just how that whole thing's going to go. Dog. On the other side, though, what are you thinking for the Raiders? What should we expect out of them? A couple of linemen are out. For them, they got a couple backups in there, so uh, they moved the right guard, starting right guard to center. Uh, when uh, what's his name? Um, let me see here. It's Andre James. Okay, okay. Andre Ooh, James and Colton name. Miller, left tackle. Can okay, in the right guard. Every day he comes in here. It oh, yeah. is a full on. You know what I mean? We got the whole team. Got we got the, stats. Coach, he's got the two deep. He's got everything that he possibly can. And then there's a whole nother stack of fun quips and stats. Look at this. Look at this thing. My Sir. God. Look at this thing. These are all stats. You always use graph paper, Coach? Hey, yeah. this is Coach. We got Parham. Math so Parham over. takes over at center. But... This is a coach, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Can't help it. Has to. Pen to paper. Has it. And this is what coaches do for like just 15 hours a day, by the way, yep. when they're watching it. So it's like. Uh, you saved my life. No, the well, show has saved my life. Well, I appreciate that. You, <laughs> could you give me this football fix? So I don't know what the hell yeah, I'm doing. Yeah, but you're all the way in I'm there. grateful. That's it's why grateful. whenever you start talking about it, I think a lot of people listen. You're like, well, the right guard moved to center. It's like, did we know that? No Absolutely. idea. Was no. I mean, obviously, Raiders fans do that. Yeah. We appreciate them doing that. We don't get a chance to pay attention to the too deep Correct. for every single team every single week. You come littered with information. We are very grateful. So that's why whenever we look at your record on Thursday night, yeah. it makes sense. You know, 8-4-1. and one. Oh, that man. middle number, though. Yeah, it's... Yodely, 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 yodely. Last week, you were waffling mm-hmm. and also vacillating. 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 That's off a word. Nobody, you didn't buy into that. Nobody bought into that. The, we looked it up this morning. Accurate. If, if, for, if it, right? Yeah. yeah. Vacillating yeah. is basically altering between two options or something. Mm-hmm. Just like waffling yeah. is yes. mm-hmm. in this entire thing. First time you ever did that, where you went one way, and then you say, you know what, no, actually, I'm going the other way. And, it, you know, there's a lot of things working against your brain to be confident mm-hmm. in the first pick that you made. For instance, like, we found out Sticks was going to be singing a national anthem. That's right. right. And then we, we, we found out that there was a chance Ben Roethlisberger was going to be in the yeah, yeah. And he was. And, he was. And, we, and we, The ends were yellow. It, boom. And we're using Color Rush. There was yeah. like so many things that you found out during the show that maybe made you waffle a little bit. But that waffle came with a big fat L on top of it. Mm-hmm. We've it had did. a couple of those in a row now. Today's the day we change all of that. Cannot wait to get your entire pick. Let's stay with the Pittsburgh Steelers, shall we? Because an absolute legend of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, seven. Love you, Ben. Love Thank you, you Seven. Love you, Seven. He has a podcast in which he is basically just a Pittsburgh dad at this point. Yeah, he's just a fan. He's, he's really just, just standard a- Yinzer, Pittsburgh dad, fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. Awesome. And everything he says is obviously going to get heard by everybody because he's Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. He was a guy who has brought a lot of happiness to the city of Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. showed up every single week for the city of Pittsburgh. Sure, he was not perfect, but the city of Pittsburgh watched him literally grow from mm-hmm. being a college kid to a full-grown adult who has have everything in between with a family and everything. He is beloved in Pittsburgh. That just needs to be known. Mm-hmm. 
everywhere else. I don't know if that is known. Still lives in the area. This footballing podcast Ooh. that he does is listened to by everybody in Pittsburgh. He said some real shit on this last one mm-hmm. about the state of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We have two clips. The first one's a little bit longer than the first, uh, the second one. But listen to his take here from the most recent footballing podcast about the state of the current Pittsburgh Steelers. When I left, I was kind of the last guard there, obviously. Like, Pouncey left the year before, Dave left. Like, those guys left, and it was like, I was the last one. There was such an age gap for me and everybody else on offense that there just wasn't that Steeler tradition passed down. And I just, you have it on defense, don't get me wrong, but you don't have it on offense right now. And it's it's just making it really hard. You're not seeing, in my opinion, the toughness on offense. Um, And and I say toughness in the sense of a Steeler toughness. Mm. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with like, like, okay, this guy's soft. Like, Who's who's grabbing someone by the face mask and being like, uh, uh-uh. uh, uh-uh. yeah, not no, no that's not, not what we do. That's not what we do. Hell yeah, oh, yeah Spence. Um, Spence. Is that happening? You know, and and yes, again, you have guys on defense doing it, but you need guys on both sides of the ball doing it because when you're in offensive meetings, when you're in offensive huddles, when you're doing that, you're meeting separately. You need someone to stand up in that room oh. on offense mm-hmm. and be like, I got him. Hey, this, this this isn't this isn't what it means to wear the black and gold. Oh, yeah. This Amazing. isn't what has been handed down from those teams in the seventies. Um, teams in the seventies, still curtain the the, the the four Super Bowls, the the Knowles, the Bradshaws, the Blum, I mean, all those people. It's unbelievable. It's Fifty years, Chuck. and it and listen, I understand. The further you get away from that, the harder it is. Sure, I get that. Um, and unless it's being point, carried, unless it's being passed He knows exactly, but that is literally how Pittsburgh Steelers fans view the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's like, hey, we're a tough team, and the reason why we're a tough team and we're not an embarrassing team or an immature team or a team that bitches and all that type of stuff is because my father's Pittsburgh Steelers team mm-hmm. was like that, mm-hmm. and my father's father's mm-hmm. Pittsburgh Steelers team yep. was like that. This has been what football has been in this city since I'm yay big. You look around the city, you see the people that are there, hardworking people. Love to have a drink or 10. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Absolutely right love to have a drink or 10. Loyal people, passionate people. It's like the Steelers represented the town in which they were playing for more so than maybe anybody else in the entire country. So whenever you hear Ben Roethlisberger talk mm-hmm. about how serious they took that in the locker room, it makes a lot of injuries go six to midnight listening to Ben mm-hmm. speak their mind about what's happening right now. And the fact that they mentioned the 70s, they're like, yeah, this Damn. has been passed down mm-hmm. from the 70s in there, they're the most university college-like team in the NFL, where alumni just walk back in the building and it's just like, yeah, this is how it is. They actually have the same titles for plays on the defensive side and the offensive side so that when alumni come back, they can talk to the current players about plays that they actually ran back in the 90s, back in the 80s, in the early 2000s. There's like a real tradition. Now, they've only had three coaches in the last 50 years as well, so that certainly helps with it all. But what Ben Roethlisberger says in his short clip is the worst fear for all the people in Pittsburgh. And it feels like the nightmare has become a potential reality for Yinzers. That this team ain't going to be the team you've seen for the last 50 years of football. Maybe the, the, the tradition of the Pittsburgh Steelers is, 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 is done. Maybe no! No! Oh, no! How do you say that? Well, he's just watching. That's right. Uh-huh. He's just watching. He is a Yinzer dad that he lives in Pittsburgh. That's it. Loves the Steelers mm-hmm. and watches the Steelers. Tone Diggs, 
I assume everybody has heard this. Mm-hmm. Have you had discussions with your little, we'll take a bullet for the Steelers group that you have? Yep. And what was the reaction to Ben saying this? And basically saying the, the thing that all the fans have been saying. Yep. But from a much different perspective, because he was in that locker room for, what, 18 years or whatever it was for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, the uh, we'll take a bullet for the Steelers group. We'll still always take a bullet for the Steelers. Um, Now, will they take a bullet for, you know, the players in the organization right now? I don't know about that because they used to. Or the coach. I don't think so, but they would used to. Jeez. I mean, because that's how it carries over. Like, you talk about, he talked about the 70s to the 90s to. You know, up until 2017, it was always the coach that kind of carried it over, and there was players that held over. But like I, Ryan Clark said the same thing the other day on this show. Like, it, like I could, I know if like those dudes went back in the locker room today, and like they would probably just throw up everywhere because of how disgusting it's become. Um, okay, okay. I mean, you could see it. You could tell. Everyone could see it. I mean, it, it's gone. It's done. And there needs to be you know wholesale changes to fix it. Jeez, Tone uh, obviously has been feeling this way for a while. He dressed up as the devil. Uh, yep. Well, I'm sorry, Matt Canada, right. yeah, who Canada. happened to have red skin and Summer. a, a horns, horns, as yep. if he yep. was the devil. Chuck, you hear that? You know, Tomlin has to be hearing this stuff as well, especially when Ben Roethlisberger saying it because how much success Tomlin and Ben had together. What against Malachi? How high respect him. We we did not. I mean, Jim Irsay needs to pipe down. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's got a point. Jim Irsay, I love everything that Jim Ur says. says. Sure. But we don't need in the kickoff announcement of the Steelers Colts game, first Saturday schedule of the NFL year, 430 game say, let's just talk about the elephant in the room. It wasn't in a room. No. Jim, nobody was talking about this particular elephant. No. The room was empty. Okay. Until you threw it in the middle. He got a 757. Put a bunch of things around an elephant yep. and flew it right in the middle of the room <laughs> yeah, with this particular tweet right here. Mm-hmm. We are 6-26 and 26 all time against the Pittsburgh Steelers going all the way back to 1957. I would have never known that. Well, never. I would have. I would have. I would have. We were there for a long time, too. I never knew. I knew we lost a few games. but A few, Chuck? A few. Well, I, 26 I'm just saying I didn't know it was this. Well, no, I mean, there has been a win since 08. Were you there past 08? Well, we Jeez. contributed to the 26, you, okay? <laughs> Shut up, Tone. Jesus. We're trying to. I mean, he we, threw we, the best pass ever. Thank you. Against these mm-hmm. guys. Thursday thank you. Gave us a chance. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Swopster. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to do that mm-hmm. and letting Tom McMahon call that. We drew it up on a napkin the day of, so that was the least prepared one we've ever had. <laughs> so I appreciate Work. you, Chuck. You're the man for Not that. Not for the hair. We'd have had a fake field goal, but what? Troy ruined that one. Of course. A lot of shit between these two. Those were good old days. You, that field goal would have worked 17 out of 17 times today. But I would... <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm it's walking point. right walking in. It. Yeah. Right. Now, Minka, might, Minka might have read my energy a little he, bit. Who Minka, knows? Yeah. And Not Cam yet. Hayward's head might have been able to yeah. do it. But Troy Polamalu obviously had that sixth sense on the field. People say, Ike Taylor told us that Jesus Christ actually talked through Troy Polamalu. <laughs> That's why he was able to guess what everybody was going to be uh, doing there. But I think we all would have assumed that Peyton and the boys would have won more than six times. You know, I, th- I don't think anybody knows that this is this lopsided. Yeah. Until the owner of lopsided against him is like... Did you know we stink against this team? <laughs> Anyways, Jim, keep firing it. <laughs> keep spinning it, Jim. I appreciate it. And being the guy from Pittsburgh who played for the Colts, obviously this particular tweet was not great for my text messages. Hey, I don't know if you saw. <laughs> hey, a, lot of, a lot of, I don't know if you saw. But anyways, Mike Tallman, he, he hears this. The team definitely hears this. And when it's coming from somebody that used to be in the building, 
I think that hits even more. And Cam Hayward, I think, has probably addressed things that Ben Roethlisberger has already said in the past. And I think that's why Ben said on the offensive side mm-hmm. is what I'm referring to as opposed to the defensive you side. You know, he stayed clear. Yeah, he on did. On the other side. And that's, I will too, because Cam Hayward actually said to me, like, hey, uh, Pat McAfee's overreacting a little bit. It's yeah. like, all right, hey, listen. At one point, Ben did say Cam, Mink, and TJ, obviously, are defensive leaders. In the same exact yeah. show or whatever. But what, is, what does Tomlin say to the team, more specifically the offensive side that hears this from Ben Roethlisberger? It means something, or is he just trying to keep it out of there on a short week? We're playing on Saturday instead Why of Why are you going to address it? I mean, the first thing I'd do is pick up the phone and have a, you need to come down there and have a sit down with Ben. Ooh. Who's that? Tomlin. Get him back on the field. Got it. I, and I don't know how much, is he in the building? Is he around there all the time? No, but he's around. He finally went to one game, right? He's been to one game. Uh-huh. Oh, Bro. sounds like. Jeez, Chuck. Sounds like you're saying, hey, no, Ben, we don't need Chuck, more problems. Saying, Look, Chuck, if you're, you're here on the, the day-to-day, if you're here, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, you're at practice, you're this, you're that, you're you're hanging out, you've got to feel for our locker room, you've got to feel for our guys, you know exactly what's going on. I mean, it's easy for all of us to sit back and, and look. It's a dumpster. We need a quarterback. One thing that you, if you have a quarterback, he's not saying shit, nobody's saying nothing. You're winning football games with this football team. And if you don't have a quarterback. And if you don't have a quarterback, I don't care what level. We all know that. It's really hard. To, right, Con? Oh, yeah. They're, like, exactly. Oh, oh, hey, I like that. Deflect over to the yeah, Patriots. Well, no, but the it, same situation. It, it's real. Yeah, like I've told Tony and Nick, like, hey, the Steelers are just a year behind the Patriots. And my worry, or not my worry, because I don't really give a shit what happens to the Steelers, but what Tony oh, aren't should you be. so cool? Well, what Tony <laughs> should be worried about, and this is something that I was worried about around week six, seven, is like, are the Steelers ever going to be a team that loses this many games? Like, it, it's you can make the argument they won't because of guys like TJ and Cam and Minka. Like, those guys aren't going to lose 12 games. They just won't. Whereas New England, like, going into this year, it was, you know, if Mac doesn't play and he can't score. If Malik Cunningham comes in, then we're going to be 500 forever. That, that, that's where a lot of Patriots fans were. And that is like what the Patriots were last year is what the Steelers are this year. It's the exact same thing. Tone, how does this all end before we bring in another Italiano to discuss everything happening around the NFL? I, I, I have a hard time seeing how it turns around without a new voice. Joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, is a man who has had to make a decision like that one in the Mm -hmm. past. He is an author, a talker, a speaker, an email newsletterer, a prolific tweeterer. Ladies and gentlemen, friend of the program, host of the Lombardi Line, Mm -hmm. host of the GM Shuffle, Mm -hmm. founder of the Daily Coach, Uh ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombardi. How we doing? How is everybody today? Hey, it's not great in Pittsburgh because what Ben Roethlisberger said on his podcast. I don't know if you got to hear the entire clip. We just ran it, so we won't run it again. But basically, he said the Pittsburgh Steelers thing is probably no more because uh, the hand down of it seems to have missed a leg to the offensive side to this particular group. And I just asked Chuck, like, what's he doing if he's Tomlin? He's like, I'm not addressing it. I'm keeping that. I'm not bringing that up to my guys. But I am potentially inviting Ben Roethlisberger down for a conversation to see how the day-to-day is. Chuck sounded like he was at a point where he's like, Ben, you don't need more, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, from on. through Tomlin's eyes, pretty much. What are your thoughts as a former GM whenever somebody who's as important to Pittsburgh as Ben Roethlisberger is, as synonymous to the Pittsburgh Steelers as Ben Roethlisberger is, to say something like that about your program? How are they handling that in the building, you think, Lombo? I, I think what Chuck said is right. I mean, if he had a valid point, you would say, hey, Ben, I appreciate it, you know, and, and if you feel that way, certainly call us on the phone 
because we would welcome your advice. But the one thing I don't think Pittsburgh lacks is toughness. Like, I don't see that as the issue. They win because of their toughness. They win because of their determination and persistence. They're not winning or moving the football because they don't have a quarterback. I mean, look, the hardest thing to do in sports is to figure out why you win and why you lose. And when you get into that arena, everybody has an opinion. You know, everybody will say, well, the Chargers just need somebody to run their offense and Herbert will be good. That's not true. You know, the the Patriots just need this. They need a quarterback. You know, this should happen or that. It's never about one thing. And when you do watch these teams closely, as we all do, toughness doesn't resonate when you watch the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have that. They just don't have enough scheme enough creativity and the quarterback to execute all those things i think we're going to call you back the connection's a little bit slow on our end we got your whole answer there though it was mm-hmm. not wasted the toughness isn't just like physical toughness i think you're talking mental toughness yeah. and mm-hmm. like accountability and all that stuff kind of rounds in to what the pittsburgh Steeler way has been and i think the reason why fans can kind of point it out is because it's pretty obvious whenever you see things that are happening on the offensive side. It's like, Mm -hmm. this is not Mm -hmm. the same Steelers team that we've watched for a long time. But how long has it been since you've seen, like, the Steelers team that has resembled the Steelers team in your mind and what a Steelers team is? 17, with the Killer Bees. So that's six years ago? Mm Mm-hmm. Half a decade. That team was filthy. So much fun. And Boswell was just, that was when Boswell Mm -hmm. got to the team, right? He was the fourth B. Yeah. Because it was Bryant, Bell, Brian, Mm -hmm. and then Ben, ben and Boswell. Mm-hmm. And it was an offensive juggernaut that was tough to stop. Yeah. Tough to You remember Martavis Bryant, the alien? That dude. He, yeah. he went for like yeah. 400 Just, against yeah. us. Yeah, I do. 400, I think. I still see him running. <laughs> but it was impossible because you had Antonio Brown on the other side. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you can't really. But if you, got, if you have a quarterback, a real dude, even Andrew as a rookie, yeah. he still, because of who he was, and his work ethic, those young receivers, all those young guys that came in with him, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, those guys ain't acting like they're acting if they got a real dude under center because that guy's controlling all that, the position coach and that quarterback, and he's not letting them get away with that bullshit. Joining us now, uh, again, hopefully with a better connection on our end, not on his end, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombardi. Oh, I agree. Chuck's right. I mean, look, the quarterback, That this is the this is a big issue around the league right now. The quarterback's personality has to manifest itself through the team. Why do you think there's such a disconnect in New Orleans? You know, his personality can't really come out and lead the team and be the leader of the team. It's what happened in New England. You know, you got to have that. you got to have a guy who can walk in the room and say, fellas, this ain't good enough. You know, I, I love this. Everybody talks the Raider way, the Raider way. Well, the Raiders haven't won in 40 years. I mean, they've they got a 45, uh, 44% winning percentage since we went to the Super Bowl in 02. Since they went to the Super Bowl in 83, they, they've got a – uh, no, excuse me. Since eighty, since oh two, it's thirty seven percent. Since eighty three, it's forty four percent. But when we had Rich Gannon for three years, we had a dog. We had a guy that set the culture. He created the way. He made everybody line up. He made sure that everybody fell in line. And it had nothing to do with the emblem or the shield. It had everything to do with that guy. And if you don't have that guy under center. It's hard, man. It's really hard to win. You got to have a you got to have a guy who's going to make everybody else better on and off the field. Yeah, Rich Gannon was the guy watching. Weapon. 
We have a friend named Hambone, actually, who yep. still to this day, as soon as he picks up a football, he goes, Rich, get him, pump fake, and then he throws the ball uh, afterwards. He changed the whole entire complexion of that team, and that's what a quarterback can do. Let's talk about another quarterback that I assume you hold near and dear to your heart. This might be the most Italian human that has ever played. <laughs> In the NFL, in New Jersey, for the Giants, his agent, his agent is the most Italian-looking agent of all time. Pinky ring, hat, three-piece suit, Italian horn, the size of his sternum, kissing. Obviously, Tommy DeVito's dad, who owns a plumbing company, Uh who has uh, the market. Of course, he does exactly. And the marketing photo is actually their plumbers dressed up like Mario. And Luigi, this is the most Italian story in an Italian-riddled NFL uh, that I think I've seen in some time. And he's ignited the boys over there. Obviously, they're playing with some energy, and they're one game out of a wild-card spot, even though ESPN Analytics, which I don't know what this means, gives them a 0.4% chance of making a playoffs. Once again, have no idea what that means, because who knows what's going to happen in any of these games. I guess AI does, and that's what the future looks like. He can run. He can spin it. He's got moxie. The boys seem to love him. And the New York Jets fans, or New York Giants fans, I'm sorry, I think are massive fans as well. What is your take on the Tommy Cutlets, Tommy Bolognese, (laughs) Tommy DeVito story, Michael Lombardi? I I think it's a great story. Look, I I think it's tremendous. I think it's going to have a shelf life. And and I don't want to burst the bubble, but it's going to have a shelf life. Like, I I think to me, Chuck, I mean, Chuck, look, you're playing the Giants. You're Joe Barry. You're sitting in your team room on Tuesday afternoon, and you sit there and say to yourself, okay, what will what will they do to my defense? What, what are they going to do? They're going to run the quick game, and they're going to try to run the ball, and they're going to have some variation of quarterback runs. So i got to stop that. Not a hard game plan to stop, right? But when you let the guy, the clip you keep showing there, they had three guys pass the quarterback. I hate to break the news to you. The worst place to be in football is past the quarterback because he's yet to turn and run that way. So, well, like, you've got to be able to coach and take away what he does and take away what he wants to do. He's got 10 rushes for 71 yards. You can't let him have that. And so, to me, the more tape he gets, the more people are going to say, okay, you're going to have to make throws. You're going to have to read it out make coverages. Look, I think it's a great story, and I think the kid's tremendous, and I admire his Italian heritage and, and from North Jersey, everything about it, I, I get. But this is a league of talent, and to let him go three for three in the red zone and make plays and not control him in the pocket with your pass rush, I think you, as Belichick would often oh! say to the team, we deserve what we got. We deserve what Look we got. That Green ball. Bay deserve what they got. Look at that ball. There's Look. a couple. He's on the run. He's putting that thing in a bucket in a breadstick basket. Yeah. You're talking about literally. <laughs> you bring me back. All right. You bring me back when it happens. I mean, look, it's a great story. I appreciate it. It really is. <laughs> but you guys can keep going down that road all you want. You know, uh, it, it, Green Bay did as much to help him. I think it's tremendous. And, and look, I think it's he tremendous. Proves, he, he proves the point that I was talking about earlier. The players buy into him. I mean, they like him. And when you like somebody, you play better. I think it's a, it's really a commentary on how the quarterback has to be the leader of your team. We're going to get ready to go into this NFL draft. 
And if you're going to take the guy the first pick overall in the draft, you got to make damn sure, A, the players like him, and B, he can be the face of your franchise because they're going to gravitate towards him. Yeah, there's going to be about 250 people at his birthday party. And a lot of them are going to be his teammates, which is good. We all saw it on draft day. Kevin Costner noticed none of his teammates were at his birthday party. That's an immediate tell here on what type of leader he's going to be. Tommy DeVito not only has his Italian family Mm -hmm. and other Italian families Mm -hmm. that are close to his Italian family – Showing up with envelopes. How's your family? Yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday. You also got the entire Giants family now showing up. And hopefully everybody's coming in their pinstripe suits. Oh, yes. Yep. I hope it is. I love it. Michael hey, Lombardi. Here's what I will tell you. Paisano. Don't take my word for it. Take, don't take my word for it. Okay, the betting market. We all love the betting market, okay? The Carolina Panthers, who we acknowledge is one of the worst teams in the league. They went into New Orleans last week. They were a six-point dog, and the line got bet down to four and a half by kickoff. The New York football giants with Tommy DeVito leading the show, they're a six-point dog going into New Orleans, and the line hasn't moved an inch. Maybe it'll go to five and a half. I'm just saying, I don't think all the goombas who do the betting are on the same train. You're allowed to say that. I am not, although I do have an Italian whore. Yeah, we can't. I think he's saying Dennis Allen. You're saying Dennis Allen. He's going to get a real defense and real defensive coordinator to shut this guy down, right? Bingo, Chuck. He's going to do it. He's going to control him in the pocket. Pagano. What's the deal? Michael Lombardini. (laughs) This is disgusting. What you are doing to Tommy DeVito right (laughs) now. Joe Barry's not a real DC. Yeah, what are you talking about? Joe Barry's got nine ones across the board over there on defensive side, Ty. Ain't that right? No, he absolutely stinks. He's terrible. (laughs) He has been terrible since he got the job. Lombo knows. He hears it from his cousin all the time. It's all the time. Yeah, your cousin. How's your family? That's awesome. Yeah. He, uh, my cousin, Vin, my cousin, who's named Vince Lombardi, who is, was on the pod last week, has been complaining about Joe Barry relentlessly, and I kind of back him off a little bit. But last week, that the first text started coming in ten minutes after the game started, I couldn't argue with him. I will let you know that this Tommy DeVito situation has certainly confused some people sure. that are new to watching the show. Yeah. Yes, my name is Patrick McAfee. <laughs> yes, I am the Irish kid amongst a bunch of Italian. But 23 of me told me yep. 0.01% Italian. Sorry about it. So I'm sorry about it. I got the Italian horn. I've been blessed by the gobblegool gods, I do believe, right. multiple times. In the Tommy DeVito story, I love it. And I would like to see it continue to go. Yeah. Just because the show off the field is only going to wow. continue to build. As somebody that grew up within the Italian culture, it's only going to get better in this Italian. Thing, but sounds like Lombardi Pagano. Jeez. You anything no, no, say I'm, to a, I'm a believer in Tommy. How about you, Moraldo? You out on? I love Tommy Cutlass. Okay, all right. Nice. See, that sounded sarcastic. Yeah. Let's move forward. Con man has a question for you, Lombo. Yeah. yeah, Lombo. Obviously, you know, two nights ago, the world was kind of set ablaze uh, after a report per NBC. NBC, NBC Sports Boston, Tommy Curran, uh, about the decision being already kind of made with Bill Belichick leaving New England after the uh, Germany game against the Colts. Now, I'm very curious to hear what you think about uh, sources inside the Patriots building and how those work, because obviously Tommy <laughs> Curran has been covering the Patriots for damn near three decades, so he does know people. But when it comes to this situation, how do you think information is going to get out? Should we just kind of completely disregard everything because sources when it comes to Bill and the Patriots are always kind of iffy? Or do you think there is some smoke to this fire? And do you believe that Bill will still leave after the season or stay? 
Well, I do think Curran certainly has sources, and I don't think he would have put this story out unless he felt really comfortable with it. He's done a great job. He's covered the team for a long time. I found it interesting that it came out this week as opposed to the week they came back during their bye week or the week before they played Tommy DeVito in New York. Uh, I think the timing tells me that what the message really is is we are not going to fire Bill Belichick in season. So if we lose by 21 points on Sunday to the Chiefs, don't come ask us that we're going to fire him. I think this is a question that has to get addressed not for today, but how does this look five years from now? When you win six Super Bowls and you have as much success as the Kraft family has had with Bill Belichick, I think you have to think about this next move you want to make in terms of where does this put us five years from now? Because they're going to be – you can't take the Super Bowls away. You can't take the prestige. You can't take the honors away. So the relationship has to maintain itself. And we can amicably sit down and say, look – we want to change direction or maybe I want to change direction. Whatever that conversation is will happen at the end of the year. That's fine. But I think the partnership that has produced historical wins needs to at least respect one another at the end of the year to do it the right way, whatever the right way is. Whatever the right way is, is it bring them back? Is it not bring them back? I think that's really the issue here is do it the right way. This happens all the time in sports. We see it. But just do it the right way. People are comparing them to an old married couple. Mm-hmm. You know, they've uh, they've grown together. They've seen a lot of success together. There's been drama together. And obviously they're going through it right now with a lot of public scrutiny taking place and all eyes on them. First time that Robert Kraft has been in this type of position in his 30 years of ownership. And getting a chance to chat with him this past weekend, it was an honor, obviously. And then getting a chance to chat with Bill was awesome. I mean, that was, hey... That was cool up there, man. And I know that you gave a little nudge to Bill to potentially do that. So I appreciate you helping that whole thing out. But, like, whenever I said to Robert Kraft, I don't envy your position. Like, I don't envy your position right now. Because, what, you can extend Bill. Mm -hmm. You can ride out one more year with Bill. You can decide to move on Uh from Bill. Like, that is not an easy... That's not an easy thing, though. That's going to have to happen over there, right? That's not an easy conversation that's going to take place. How does that convo happen? Bill comes into Kraft's office, and they just sit down. And then do you think they take a trip down memory lane where they were? Do you think it's an amicable conversation? Do you think there's a little bit of tenseness? Like, how do you think that goes as somebody who's probably been in a room where something like this has happened in the NFL before? Well, I think what the conversation is going to center on is the shape of how they vision, how they visualize the company running over the next 10 years. Like, you know, they've had one man in charge of the team for so long, right? They've had what, the lo- what I call the Lone Star model in the NFL, which is one guy runs football operations, football players drafting and and the coaching that lone star model has had produced tremendous success but maybe the Kraft family has decided we don't really want the lone star model maybe we need a more collaborative effort as we get later in our careers and as the head coach gets later in his career and so maybe they sit down and say hey listen you know we want to do this with the organization and the vision we have is going to move forward doesn't support the lone star model again this is all hypothetical and so I think that's kind of where it is. How do you see this organization ten, running for the next 10 years? 
And you're not going to replace Bill Belichick. You're just not going to do it. I mean, you're not going to do it from a coaching standpoint. But perhaps you can replace them from four, three or four more people and have a collaborative organization, which is what I, I think that's the conversation. And if Bill says, yeah, I think I could do that, then maybe he stays. If Bill says, no, that's not in the best interest of me, then maybe he goes. To me, that's why I don't see it as a completely done decision because this is really about the future of how we want to run the company. You've been in that building a long time. You're obviously a confidant, I do believe, Mm -hmm. with Bill Belichick. Uh, Bill Belichick won some prestigious award, and he was only able to invite, like, eight people to come with him. Sure. Paisano? Paisano was one of them. Mm -hmm. So, like, when you speak, obviously, we're all going to listen. Just like Tommy Curran, who's been around for 28 years up there, when he speaks, we're all going to listen. What you just said there, I had not heard yet. Now, on the flip side of that, Chuck has a question because of how close you are to the situation. Hey, so if he is out of there and they decide, you know, that this is not how they want to run the company, um, Conman's mentioned uh, Mayo as a possible successor to kind of keep that. But Bill had – he had Casario, he had Peel, he had you, he had guys. Right? I don't even know who's right. in there now. But if he goes, does he go and take another job to help, like, Steve, get Steve with him, another one, and then go to a place where, you know, he maybe coaches another couple of years and then his son uh, maybe becomes that guy or to help secure his future in the National Football League? Yeah, what, how do you think it plays? I, I think this. I, I think – the people that achieve this level of success, and you're going to have Nick on later, and, and Nick is the same way. I think they fall in love with the work, not the results. Ooh. And I think Bill loves working. I think he loves the head coach work. I think he's 3-10. and 10, He doesn't love that. But it, the preparation for Kansas City is the same as if he were 10-3. and three. And so you can't remove the work. It, you know, we're, we all become institutionalized to the work. And I think he loves the work. And so if that doesn't work out in New England where the vision isn't correct in terms of where they want to go, then I'm sure somebody will be interested in having him do that work for them because he still loves the work. And I think you guys witnessed it this weekend. His energy level is still good. He works extremely hard. He's on top of the game. Uh, and so why wouldn't he want to keep doing it? I, I think to me, as we get old, unfortunately, as we get older in our professions in the National Football League, we get sent to pasture when actually we're probably better then now than we were when we were getting jobs at such a young age. I know for me, I wasn't ready to be a GM as young as I ended up being one. But, you know, that's the cycle that you go through. And I think experience does matter. We need to get you back in there, GM job. If yeah. you only, if you yeah, want right. No, 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 no. I'm good right here where I am. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm good right here. I, 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 I would be the first guy to go crazy on the, you know, we're going to kick, we're going to kick, we're not going to go for, go for it on fourth down in the middle of the first quarter at their own territory. I might lose my mind. I might jump out of the building. You with a headset on like your Cesario mm-hmm. uh, that first year. What are we, punt? Come on. We're punting the ball. We are punting the ball. You will right never up. see me. You will never see me in that. I think there's a time and place for the GM. I don't think the GM should be on the sideline of uh, the game. I think the, the best thing Lumbo, a GM can down, do is be. They're all down there now. I, I, what do you mean? Everybody's uh, who, down there. Who, who? I don't understand that. I think. GMs, GMs, assistant GMs. There's so many guys down there. I don't know. Is how that real? Is that, hold on, hold on. This is a big deal now because this is a big change. There's a lot of GMs down there. Yes. Every sideline you look on, that guy's down there. Uh, it's true. Oh, and, and for me, yeah. I think the GM should be should be should be in the background. It, it's the coach's team. You know, we're not baseball. Baseball is a different sport. 
The general manager has to be the role, play the role behind the scenes, helping the team be built, not the focal point. Because the players, the players work for the coach. They stand in front of the coach and they work for him. And you're controlling the money as the GM, which then interferes with your decision making process if you get too close or the players don't trust you. So I don't understand that. I, I see it today because of the world we live in with social media. I don't agree with it. You'll never see me with a headset on ever because I wanted to stay in the background. I think it was important. I was trained that way. Um, there's an owner on the sideline here in Indianapolis. That's right. Mm-hmm. But I think she's just trying to learn stuff, obviously, getting dropped <laughs> in there for whenever she's a – she has headset, yeah. arm yeah, armband, arm band, QB wrist, yeah. whole thing. Mm-hmm. Couple it, sleeves. She looks – so cool, though. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say she looks sweet. Carly Ursay is who I'm speaking of. She has yeah. sweet outfits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The one leg sleeve. Yeah, she has the heads. I think she's just trying to learn operations and everything. Whenever she first got into the building, uh, which was like the first year you guys were there, she had like Matt Hasselbeck coming in, teaching her. Like, like she has tried her. She wants to learn everything as much as possible, Sponge. which is awesome. Andrew Berry, who's the GM at Cleveland. He was trained. I mean, teaching her a lot of football. Yeah. So she and she's super smart, a lawyer, I think. So mm-hmm. she's looking out for the future of the Colts. But mm-hmm. like the image of her on the sideline with a headset on will always be hilarious to me. Yeah. Like always, yeah. you know. It's like uh, do, the coaches know. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now, which hey, which uh, which channel? Can you imagine is she Lombo? On? Can you imagine? You know those conversations. Which channel with is that? she yeah. on? I couldn't even imagine. So Jim's like, I, I couldn't so even. Carly, I couldn't you even begin to think. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I couldn't even begin to think. I mean, I would get phone calls in the press box from certain people about the calls that were being made Ooh. that I couldn't change or call, but they were just venting because that's just kind of what you do. I mean, look, sitting next to an NFL owner at a game is a dangerous proposition. It's very dangerous because the emotions go so high and so low, and you're sitting there and taking the brunt of it. That's not a place to be either. I've heard stories of, like, me hitting a shank, which happened few and far between. Let's relax. But like me hitting one <laughs> and Jim Irsay immediately going, oh, Pat can't kick a ball. And then like actually like kicking a garbage can mm-hmm. like near him. Yeah. It's like that's hilarious to think about mm-hmm. me taking a snap, punting a ball, it not going well. And Jim, oh, I can kick this garbage can. He yeah. can't kick a ball like just with every play, mm-hmm. obviously. Because, yeah. But that's how you want your owner, to, right? You want your owner yeah. to be invested. But obviously it's a new time. It's a new day. We talk about Andrew Barry over there in Cleveland. He made a Massive move. Tone has a question for you, Lombo. Yeah, he did. We were talking yeah. about shelf life with Tommy DeVito. Is there a shelf life for, you know, Super Bowl MVP Joseph Flacco in the Cleveland Browns, or is that a different story because Flacco's playing lights out? Unbelievable. So and then on the backside of that, <clears throat> not playing lights out. Two and four in their last six, averaging 19 a game. Whoa. The Chiefs. How do we feel Ooh. about the Chiefs after we do Flacco? All right, so Flacco to me is, if you go through Flacco's great year, the years he had the most success, Gary Kubiak was the play caller in Baltimore. And, you know, they ran an offense, especially the year we beat them in the playoff game. We had that, it was 27-13 or whatever the score was. We had to come back from two touchdowns to win the game. Yeah, Flacco was playing really well. In that offense, Flacco's really good. That's kind of what he belongs in. He's, you could see it the way he is, and you could see the way Stefanski calls the game, how much confidence he has in Flacco. And so I, I, I think to me it's been really impressive to watch, and it proves that quarterbacking often fits. The, the system's got to fit. He likes the system. There's no question. 
Now, they got offensive line issues all over the place. Three of their starting five offensive linemen may not play on Saturday. The D4, the running back. So, you know, they may not play as effectively because the team around Flacco might not be as good as it once was. But I think this will continue. He's experienced. He's prepared, and he loves the offense. And they have faith in him to run the offense. I mean, Stefanski's play calling in terms of calling passes has increased dramatically over the last two weeks with him at quarterback than it did even when Watson was playing quarterback. So I think that trend continues. Look, I think the Chiefs have to acknowledge that they're a different team this year than they were last year. We're not going to see explosiveness out of Kansas City. You know, they might score a lot of points against a bad defense, but when they get into playoff time, they're going to have to win in three levels. They're going to have to play good in the kicking game, continue to play great defense, and continue to manage the game offensively because there's just no explosiveness. Kelsey, I don't know if he's 100% healthy, but he's not the same player he was last year. He's down a full yard per catch this year. Oh. The offensive line isn't so nearly good. as good as it was last year. And a lot of this is, is is just situational, right? He may not. He came back from that knee injury. He still may not be healthy. You know, and so you have to understand all that. And as we get older, the teams change. They need to ride Pacheco. They missed him last week. They really did. They need to ride that runner a little bit more. They need to manage the game the way they can. They can't fall behind. They got behind 14 and nothing to Kansas City. They, they can't, to the Buffalo. They can't do that. They need to be able to let their defense play from in front and so that they can take advantage of what they do defensively, which is create negative plays. So, I think it's going to continue this trend. I don't. They can still win games. Look, I, I think this trend can win games. It's just not what we're used to seeing. They got a great quarterback who makes great plays, and if you don't keep him in the pocket like they didn't do last week, he'll make those loose plays. How about another team though? It seems like a wagon. Yeah, Lombo. It seems like at this point in the season, every single year is when like kind of the media is like, hey, you know, the, the Cowboys. When's the other shoe going to drop? Like they're going to choke. You know, they're typically. Or, kind of close to where they're at right now in terms of, you know, kind of making a run into the postseason. But this year just feels different. Uh, obviously, the 49ers are kind of a wagon and look like the cream of the crop in the NFL and obviously the NFC. But are the Cowboys, like, is this a different team this year uh, in terms of going into the playoffs? Like, do you think they have a legitimate shot of, you know, potentially beating the 49ers and making it to a Super Bowl? Well, I think they've set up their team. You know, last offseason, Mike McCarthy made a decision to call plays. And he did it with the mindset of being able to complement his offense, his defense, and his kicking game. And everybody went crazy on Twitter. Everybody criticized because McCarthy was just going to run the ball. That wasn't the case. He's playing from in front. And he's playing to the strength of his defense, which is rushing the passer. They've played less. They've played more plays offensively than almost a game and a half with their defense. Their defense is the liability of their team. It gets a lot of the recognition, but if they have to play toe-to-toe against a team, that may not work. Or if they play a good offensive team, Philly last week moved the ball on them. They just turned it over in their red zone. That game's a little misleading. Philly's got to protect the football better. I think this offense will continue to be good. And I think this week in Buffalo, playing on the turf with no weather, I think they'll still be good. They'll block Buffalo's front. I think the key question's got to be answered is if you think Buff, if you think Dallas can win, they've got to play really good defense and rush Josh Allen and get him on the ground. And those are hard things to do. But I don't see this Cowboy team going away unless they go on grass. They're not the same team on grass that they are on turf. Yeah, you're saying it's not the weather, it's the grass or the turf. And you said Buffalo has turf, but the weather might be, right? It's Buffalo, it's December. 
There's a chance that that supposed to be 48 and so, and and cloud. Well, it's always cloudy in, in Buffalo and Lake Erie at this time oh, of the year. But windy, I, windy, I think windy, it's true. Windy. I mean, I lived there for 10 years. I know it. Uh, I I I think though they have enough power up front. See, here's the issue for Buffalo this week, right? The Buffalo's got to handle the power of Dallas's offensive line. They got to be able to stay toe to toe with them. You know, Philly beat him in the first game because Philly got a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Dak had to move around quite a bit. I thought Dallas's offensive line played really well last week and blocked Philly. I know Riddick had two sacks, but they did a good job in that game. Buffalo's going to have to find a way to put pressure on him because they will attack this Buffalo secondary. They will attack the zone concepts. Let's talk about the other team you just mentioned, Philadelphia Eagles. They're dead or what? You see how Seahawks on Monday night mm-hmm. feels like a big one for them. Momentum, Look, everything they have going on. They, t- people think they're dead. People are saying they're dead. No, Literally. I mean, I mean Lombo, Look, sports I think talk the shows issue with- are saying Eagles, <laughs> Cowboys, are, are Eagles out. Cowboys, Niners, only conversation now. Even though the Eagles are still 10-3 and three or whatever yeah. the case is. Are they dead, Lombo? Are they out I of I mean, they're, they're, they're 31st in forcing punts. They're, they're the worst third-down defense in football. They don't tackle well, right? And all these things show up. Why? Because they've been playing. They don't play from in front. Last year, they scored 206 points in the second quarter. They played from in front in every game. They had a 10-point lead at halftime all the time, and they couldn't utilize their defensive front. Last year, they had 70 sacks. 60 came from the defensive line. This year, they haven't been able to get that pressure nor play from in front, and it's forced them into a more of a drop-back pass game than a play-action pass game, and that's not what they want to do. They want to be a play-action pass team, run the ball, and their lack of being able to run the ball effectively has really hurt them. And their lack of run defense has really hurt them. And so, to me, they're going to have to get back to what they did earlier in the year, which is they've got to control the game up front with their offensive line. I don't think their line's playing nearly as well as it did last year. It isn't there. I don't think any of them are. I think Hertz has been playing through some stuff. But for me, the, the, the formula for them winning is they have to play start fast, play fast. If they get ahead of Seattle – They'll create problems, but they haven't been able to do that over the last few weeks. And the reason why I'm saying that is because whenever you're in the lead, you know, the team has to respect the run a lot more because mm-hmm. you're probably going to try to drain the clock. And on the defensive side, they're probably going to have to drop back and pass a little bit so you can go ahead and send the boys because they're playing catch up while you're trying to keep the ball away. So the play action is obviously much more effective whenever the other team is expecting you to potentially have to run the ball or you run the ball. Uh, so it's a whole different mindset. Colts lived by it. Here, the Indianapolis Colts lived by it for a very, very long time. If we got behind, obviously Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney weren't as effective because they couldn't just have their ears back and go get the quarterback. Now, let's turn this uh, quickly to tonight's game and a couple picks that you love, Lombo. We've been yep. enjoying this all season, riding the season of your bets, pal. Well, I, tonight's going to be an interesting game. Like, I thought last week uh, Antonio Pierce should have put Aiden O'Connell on the bench. He could have won the game if he put Garoppolo in there. And I think he needs – that's part of my problem with the NFL today is where too many guys are looking at their play sheets and not watching the game. Like, watch the game. Make decisions that win the game. First quarter, assess the game. Second and third quarter, adjust the game. Fourth quarter, standalone game, make decisions. Uh, look, I, I think Stick and O'Connell will struggle. The last time they played him, he got sacked six times by Khalil Mack. They can't do that. No Colton Miller tonight. I think the Raiders will play better tonight. I think the Chargers have kind of have kind of long lost a little bit of their luster, and I don't think it's the same, especially knowing there's going to be changes at the end of the year. I think there's no question about that. I like Baltimore and Jacksonville this week. You know, I think that that has a really good chance to be to be good. And 
for for me, when you watch Baltimore play, they always rise to the level of play, and I and I think they'll do a good job with that one. And then I and then I I like the Bears too. I think I think they're getting oh. Cleveland at the right time. Cleveland's hurt. I mentioned this earlier in the show. Cleveland's hurt, and they got a bunch of injuries all over the place. This is kind of be a hard game for Cleveland. Look, they do a good job against running quarterbacks. There's no question that Cleveland does. Jim Schwartz. This will be a challenge because. But Chicago's playing. I've said this for the last seven weeks. They're playing much better defensively. Yep. Sweat signing was a big deal for them. Justin Fields is, I think, since week four, had top three QBR in the entire league or whatever. And Lombo coming around. How about it, ZD Bear? Hey, Bear Down. Welcome to the team, Lombo. Bear Down is right. Lombo, we appreciate you, Paisano. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you. Michael Lombardi. Yeah. Regular season's only 18 weeks long. Yeah, yep. messed up. We're kicking off week 15. Let's oh, yeah. remember that as we watch the We're Chargers and Raiders battle tonight with backup quarterbacks that we haven't seen much of, but we're eagerly awaiting their potential opportunities to become the next guys yeah. in the NFL. Will Easton Stick propel himself into a potential trade starter for another team this offseason tonight on Prime Woo. as he leads the Chargers taking on the Raiders in Las Vegas who are favored by three. We'll chit-chat about all of that today, obviously, with the toxic table at Boston Connor and at Ty Schmidt. Ty, a lot of Iowa people, I think, getting introduced to our program here as mm-hmm. of late. Love that Iowa's representing on the program. So do I. You know, I mean, it's a great time of the year. I mean, we've had our fun, obviously, with the uh, the offense and Brian Ferentz and stuff like that, but the, I mean, that's... Exactly. I mean, we, we're we in basketball season right now, and a lot of people are saying, you know, I mean, men's basketball. Uh, that, that's what it's all about. Iowa's men's basketball team, not great. I'll tell you what, I, I do not miss an Iowa women's basketball game. And they're on ESPN a bunch now, which is actually awesome. And I don't know, I, I was talking with Chuck this morning. I mean, we talked about how the Indiana Fever have the number one pick in the WNBA draft next year. I just got a sneaking suspicion that Caitlin Clark is is not going to be going into the WNBA draft. No, 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 draft. we don't need to put that in the universe. And that she's going to go back to Iowa for another year. No, 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 we don't need to be putting that into the universe why? right now. I mean, why, uh, would, why wouldn't she, though? Uh, we're going to try to get this particular program out to one of those basketball games, but also hopefully be on the same weekend as Iowa wrestling. That would be awesome. From what I've heard is fantastic. We'll take a trip back to old Ty's hometown. Mm -hmm. We're also planning on taking a trip back to Boston this next offseason and a trip back to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. One half of the hammer died. Cowboys Tone Diggs is here. Our coach, the people's coach, who is eight four. In one, oh man, on picks on Thursday night football, the legend Chuck Pagano. Hey, don't hang your head. I mean, nine and three sounds much better, but well, yeah, you know what sounds great? Thirteen and zero. It was okay, but what? Who does it? Count Chocula. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Peter Pan. Pan. What sure. do you think this is? Maybe I'm a little pissed that he flip flopped on the Patriots when the Patriots were the team that he. What's your, you weren't the only one that was pissed. What's your wife say to you the next morning? Yeah, so I get home late, so I don't see her till the next morning, like Friday morning. Walk down the stairs. She's sitting there getting her coffee. What in the f- Right to your I phone. knew right the minute you started waffling and you flipped that all that we were... Yeah. 
Legend. Well, Tina, I want to let you know we all felt that way because yeah. I was actually on the Steelers, and when he waffled to my side, I think I actually said no. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> Don, you were going to go back. Yeah, I was thinking about waffling after you were waffling. <laughs> yeah. Which you, you start need... talking about sticks and everything. Oh, oh mama, <laughs> I'm in fear for my life from the law, of the law. So, like Ben Roethlisberger almost said. They shouldn't be allowed to play Renegade, this particular team. He did. Only when the defense team, uh, defense side of the ball is on the field. When the offense is on, if they have the ball, we don't want to hear. If they did, haven't done anything, we don't need to waste this on this particular program. That's almost what Ben Roethlisberger was saying. And that is a reason why when we pit the Pittsburgh Steelers favored by that many, we should have known immediately that we were losing. I appreciate the fact that Miss Tina is as invested in your picks as mm-hmm. the rest of us are. Tonight, you're going to get it right. Joining us right now is a guy who's been actually been swinging a pretty hot bat right now. Yeah. Really? In picking games. He's the current president of Ohio. He's a college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, and the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers. Ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. Yeah, AJ, you were on the right side last week to kick off week 14, and uh, we all knew as soon as Chuck started, whoa, wait a minute, we knew there was uh, potential trouble ahead for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I mean, Chuck, I think he knows he needs to trust his football instincts, everything that he's done in his life and, you know, the resume that he has. I think just go with it, Chuck. Don't ever – what was the word you guys used? Waffle. Vacillating. Mm-hmm. Oh. Vacillate. He was vacillating back and forth, right, between the, the two. So, yeah, I'm curious to see what his pick is tonight. I thought for sure vacillating had something to do with, like, bopping or something sure. in, that, sure. in that particular uh, round. Golf ball. Don't they, don't they say for a golf ball the ball can vacillate, but it can't roll or move? Oscillate. That would be awesome. Oscillate. Yeah. There you go. What's up with these words lately? It's crazy. Yeah. A Webster's a real son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Webster really had him. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention her brother. What's that? Uh, Adam Sandler stand-up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. Yeah. Hey, Sandman still has his fastball. Uh-huh. That was good. It was good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, basically, Webster had a, uh, a family member that just wanted <laughs> to pick some words. Uh-huh. Wanted to spell some words. Blackmail. Is the theory <laughs> of Adam Sandler's joke. And he goes on a run for like six minutes about words and just how absurd they are. And it's like... Sandman's got it. And then as soon as he's done with that, he's like, okay, okay. yeah. And he puts on sunglasses, <laughs> yeah. and there's some uh, rap beat playing behind him. He's like, yeah, I'm feeling this. Yeah, you guys feeling this? And it's like, yeah, yeah, Sandman. And then he goes into a three-minute song that is the most absurd song of all time. Pants. With full, like, light show, video show behind He's just standing by himself mm-hmm. on a stage right now with this. 20 by 40 foot screen behind him. Yep. And it's a full, he has sunglasses on, the lights go crazy, like incredibly musically talented. Yeah. So, and he puts the thing down and right back in it. So, my kids, yep. doesn't even address the song he just did. Nope. Then he goes right into So, my kids the other day and does seven to 10 minutes of stand up. And then, okay, yeah. And puts another pair of sunglasses on. In it. Rockstar Sandman's here. Grabs his guitar, starts shredding. Filthy. Starts singing the most ridiculous song you've ever heard. He's like, you guys like this? Yeah, yeah. She keeps singing, puts it down, right into another stand-up. All right. And it was an hour and 30 minutes like that. And how do you... Non-stop. How else do you describe it as the most ridiculous, hilarious show I've ever seen in my entire life? Spot on, right there. Entertainment. Have to go. Yes, have to go. It was a Wednesday night he packed out that place. Unbelievable. He could sell out an arena every night if he wanted to. And if he wanted to a show, he'd be like, yep. (laughs) 
going back the next time. Why? Because who knows what the hell that guy's going to do up <laughs> Yes. There. But Webster is a dog. You know, oh, yeah. vacillating yeah. is something you can't be doing with your picks no. unless you're going to fade yourself. If you get to a point where you're so bad you start fading yourself, mm-hmm. then you can vacillate a little bit, and then you're just flipping a coin basically for every pick. Mm-hmm. And once you get to that point, normally it's about this time of the year. Yes. How has the public done against the House this particular season in gambling tone digs? Do you know that answer? Yeah, it's kind of a bit of a roller coaster. The first five weeks were the best five weeks that have ever happened in the NFL. And then, you know, the books got back, and the books got back pretty good. Uh, And then two weeks ago, the favorites started winning again. So the last two weeks have been good, and then this last weekend, not so good. Okay, so it's been a little bit of a roller coaster. So we've been getting them a little bit. Uh, We talked to Michael Lombardi in the last hour. He had a lot of things to say. He basically said Tommy DeVito's story is cute, but (laughs) Fugates. He thinks. (laughs) I didn't say that. I'm just telling you what he basically said. What he didn't talk about is that there is MVP chatter for somebody that isn't a quarterback this season, and his name is Tyreek Hill. And obviously we saw how valuable he was to the Miami Dolphins whenever he was not playing on Monday night against the Tennessee Titans, even though he would go back in and play at a later time. And I think he's back in there. Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, had a little bit of a take on this entire thing. He went to bat for one of his players, a player that they traded for, and immediately upon becoming a San Francisco 49er, became the focal point of a team that would have ridiculous amounts of success immediately until they run in the NFC Championship game, and then right back into a ridiculously successful run. Here's Kyle Shanahan talking about CMC. Ooh. That's, I mean, trying to get me in trouble with those two guys. Um, that's the only reason I wouldn't overly comment on either one of them because I don't want them to cancel each other out. Um, but if any quarter, if any non-quarterback's going to get an MVP, I don't get how Christian McCaffrey can't. I mean, he's amazing in what he's done all year. If it's going to a quarterback, then I don't have to talk about Christian. I can talk about our quarterback. And um, I'm still, if his numbers is all you see, then I think that solves it up. But if you watch the film, um, then it makes it even stronger, which to me is the most important thing. Love a head coach openly campaigning for his players, and obviously they have a very tight-knit group over there. Christian McCaffrey is a freak show, but I think he falls into the same conversation that Brock Purdy does. It's like so much talent over there. You kind of get lost in the sauce, but he's been the focal point since he got there, A.J. Yeah, he's been doing everything for them. And he, when the guy can stay healthy, which he, he pretty much has during his time there, I feel like uh, he's just such a weapon. And but when you think about it, and I, I don't want to start talking about all the other talent, but that's all I'm thinking of. Look at Debo blocking on the edge. Kittle, obviously Trent, everyone downfield, Ayuk. Like, they do have so much talent. They're just such a good team right now. So if they can find a way to stay healthy, yeah, I mean, does he actually have a legit chance? What kind of run does, does CMC have to go on to actually – really have a chance to be the MVP. He has no shot because of all the people we just talked about right there. And Mm -hmm. look at the team. I mean, the buy-in to the run Mm -hmm. is also awesome, and that'll even be held against Christian. Mm -hmm. Well, he's got a a tight end who's the greatest blocking tight end of all time there. Mm -hmm. They got every wide receiver, even their superstar wide receivers are willing to block downfield. You almost become a victim of good culture. And it's like, uh, it's a wild chatter piece. It's a wild conversation. But whenever you think about Christian McCaffrey, Coach Pagano, why is he different than everybody else is it because it's the perfect situation for a freak athlete and that's why maybe he doesn't get as much chatter about potential mvp conversation no it's when you go into a game and you say you put the game records up he's first and foremost every coach says okay they put him up this is where it starts even though they have debo hold on hold on on. to your point there michael lombardi said last tuesday he said if we have to prepare for you on tuesday you're an mvp candidate is what he's talking about absolutely which is christian mccaffrey that's exactly right he's 100 100 because even though the quarterback's playing like he's playing damn good player kittle 
uh, Ayuk, right. uh, Debo. Right. Yeah, the yeah this guy because he out of the backfield, jet sweeps, split him out, play him as a slot, play him out wide by himself, put a linebacker. You can't. He's a mismatch. So what are you gonna? Who are you gonna put on him? You're gonna put can't stop him when they're they're just running the ball, hand it to him, and then you put him out in, in space, linebacker safety. You got to double him. You got to ta- you got to double him on third down. Like oh, yeah. if it's third and two to six, you have to start with him and double. And all you other guys, hey, good luck. It's figuring it out for a defensive coordinator against that Niners team has to be mm-hmm. a never-ending cause of anxiety. Yeah, Go ahead, I, comment. for sure. But if, if that's the card we want to play, that they're, they're too good and they got too many you know good players and that is why it's working, then Shanahan should win coach of the year and John Lynch should win executive of the year because they're the ones that are doing it then, right? Well, like, Shanahan won't win coach of the year because exactly. yeah. that's everybody's so good. Yeah, Everybody on and your the team's defense, so good. And then the, the defense they built, to your point? Yeah, it's filthy. Lynch. Unbelievable. He's doing it. And he is willing to say, I made a mistake. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is he. And move on, which Bill Belichick has been able mm-hmm. to do throughout his time as a That's GM. Huge. Obviously, he's made more of those yep. towards the end of this entire run, potentially. Yeah. Andy, too. Reed. Andy, Reed, same exact thing. They're willing to make mistakes and admit their mistakes and say it's not working out. But it is fascinating that, like, Brock Purdy, because of how talented the team is, will ne- and because he was the last pick of the draft, will probably never get his flowers. No. You know, I mean, probably never. And then, like, Christian McCaffrey, it's like, must be nice, you know, to be Christian McCaffrey when you have to prepare for everybody else and they can't load the box so you're able to run against a light box. And then you have Trent Williams, who's the best offensive lineman in the entire NFL. It's like, that sucks for you, but they don't care about any of that. No. no. They want to win a Super Bowl. Correct. Yeah. That's all they want to win about. And that's sometimes, I think we forget about that while we're talking about it. It's like, yeah, he does deserve the MVP. It's like, does CMC give a single damn nope. about that MVP? No. Or is he looking for a Super Bowl so that, you know, he can peacock into the house that has so many professional athletes in Olympians on Thanksgiving in that McCaffrey family? It's like, I think that's what he's the only thing he cares about. But it would be nice to get a little maybe extra bonus for being the most valuable player. Yeah, the accolades, obviously. And especially like a guy like Purdy who's making like $840,000 if he were to win the MVP. I'm sure, you know, like that's something. But he Endorsements. Exactly. But oh, he doesn't seem like the guy. Like, after the way they lost in the NFC Championship last year, I don't think any of them give a shit about that. It's, hey, way to go. It's, we want to go win a Super Bowl, period. You were about I was very close. I saw, I saw close. the mouth, the mouth. Thought about it, thought Asheville. about it. Almost said it earlier as well. I don't know what's going on today. But, a pretty relaxed day around. Yeah, it is. It is. But, no, I, I think the way they lost that game and kind of just, like, the way this rivalry with the Eagles has almost turned in almost like a college rivalry. Like, they are so one-track-minded on going and winning the Super Bowl that all that kind of stuff is just window dressing and, and just, you know, uh, stuff that, like, yeah, it'll be nice, at, and, and it's going to happen. They're going to have a bunch of first-team all-pros and pro mm-hmm. bowlers, but I don't think any of them give a shit about that. I don't think so either. That that NFC Championship game, the way it all unfolded, and then the conversation and chatter afterwards, uh-huh. I feel like in professional football, you don't get a lot of that. But their core is back, Yeah, you know, from that game. For a while. They're, they're, it's like a college feel almost. Like when you lose a rivalry game and it's led by, like, let's say the sophomore class of the team. and you lose, It's like coming back junior year, there's a whole different mindset. Callous now a little bit. Still maybe even a little edgier. You know, maybe yeah. even a little bit. Definitely it, more edge. Yeah, definitely more edge. The, the rivalry, everything about it is awesome. But also, don't you think – at least from the front office, they realize, hey, we need to capitalize why Brock Purdy is on this rookie yeah. deal as well because yes. we're going to pay him a ton of money very soon. 
We've talked about that for the last few years about the weapon that is the rookie contract. We're not the only people. I'm saying we created the conversation, but it is a real mm-hmm. conversation. Yes. When you could spend money on all those weapons, you know, like I think Kittle's paid. Yep. Yeah. Trent's paid. Yep. Debo. Debo's yep. paid. Use checks paid. Yeah, but sorry, Ayuk. Ayuk's he's paid. paid. No, I think he's they the only one. That coming is. up. Yeah, he's coming up. He's the only oh, one I that is paid. I thought they paid everybody. And then on defensive side, linebacker yep. paid, corner paid, D lineman, both D linemen paid. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, there's they've paid everybody. And you can do that whenever you're paying a starting quarterback eight hundred and sixty seven thousand dollars. So what this is year two, right? Versus forty million. Quarterbacks are taking thirty million dollars of the salary cap, mm-hmm. getting forty million prorated over invisible years at the end. There's salary cap gymnastics happening, but people are accounting for like twenty-five million, thirty million dollars. These top-end quarterbacks, these MVP-type quarterbacks, yeah. he's accounting for eight hundred and sixty-seven thousand dollars. I'm guessing Christmas is going to be pretty good for Brock, though. From just some extra cheese, maybe in a stocking. <laughs> the Niners organization they like, should. Somebody just shows up at his car. Hey, just want to. <laughs> Take this envelope. God, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be hard not. Yes, I actually would. It's kind of Absolutely. my uh, default in this entire hey, We're thing. passing the hat for Brock, guys. Anybody in? Hey, we all understand what's going on here. The guy's mm-hmm. making nothing. Let's help yeah. him out. Yeah, so because of that, we can all make should. so much more. It's illegal. Uh, I think the NFL would be very pissed off about it. Get him a car. Uh, AJ, we haven't got a chance to hear your take on this before we're joined by the Attorney General of West Virginia here in about three moments. Ben Roethlisberger was speaking on his podcast, Footballin'. Uh, with Ben Roethlisberger. He and Spence go to Ben Roethlisberger's basement, which is so nice. Sweet. And they sit at the bar and they chit-chat about Pittsburgh Steeler football. And Ben Roethlisberger has basically become just like a standard, stereotypical Yinzer dad. That is pretty much what he is. Watching the Steelers, living with the Steelers, dying with the Steelers seemingly. And it's a beautiful thing because everything he says is heard by everybody in Pittsburgh because how much Pittsburgh loves him. Here's one of the clips, and this is taken out of context completely from a much longer answer. But this statement was made, and I would like to hear your reaction to it, AJ. Maybe the the tradition of the Pittsburgh Steelers is 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 done. Maybe it needs to be formed a new kind of way. I don't what know. does that mean, AJ? Whoa. As a guy who played for the Cincinnati Bengals for that game that we all remember in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and somebody that grew up in Ohio, so you obviously in AFC North understand what the Pittsburgh Steelers are and what that means. When you hear somebody like Ben Roethlisberger say that, what does that mean? You say what 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 does that say? I mean, I, since Ben is not there day in and day out, I'm sure he's saying like, yeah, mate. That's why he says maybe we need this. I mean, I don't know if it is it like the old man get off my lawn. Like we all are guilty of that at times. I feel like we said, "Oh, you our practices they they'd be arrested if coaches practice like we used to." Is it one of those things, or is it Ben is seeing like, yeah, there's just no real direction offensively? I guess I think Ben's thinking as like a fan while he's watching the team. Like this ain't how Pittsburgh Steelers operate. You know, not like, yeah. oh, we did three a days whenever I got into the NFL, or you're allowed to wear pads. They cared days. though. I think what Ben, what I took from it, sorry, I, I took that Ben like. Do they care like we cared to where they will give any, like, yeah, we're going to mess around, do whatever, have fun off the field. But when we're in that facility, like it is, it's no joke. Here we go. We are here to work. I, that's what I took from it. And Ben was asking if they care that they're Steelers too. Like mm-hmm. th- that group like cared that's that the they thing. were Steelers. You know what I mean? It was passed down. Like when you're a Steeler, there's a way you go about doing things. And it feels like Ben 
is saying he's witnessing something that isn't that. That's what I took yeah. away from it. Tone Diggs, obviously diehard Steeler fan, has had numerous reactions. He's saying wholesale changes is needed. Whoa. And he, uh, Ben empowered you all, I think, right, with what he said yeah, on football. Ben and all the other players that have been there. And I think AJ was right about the, 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 what, the last part that he said about the trying and caring and stuff like that. And he knows, like, Packers is a very similar organization, like, where, like, there's a lot of pride in, like, being a Packer, and there's supposed to be a lot of pride in being a Steeler, but, yeah, it doesn't feel like that's the thing. Right? And that's what Ben's saying. And Ben, you know, because Chuck said the same thing you said. Chuck, I was like, hey, if you're Mike Tomlin, how are you handling this? And Chuck's like, uh, well, Ben's not in the building. So, like, Ben is, like, you could hear Chuck almost get, like, annoyed. <laughs> Pissed, yeah. Like, hey, hey, Ben, it's already going bad. You know how this goes. We don't need more shit being tossed at us. But I think Ben is trying to say, like, Hey, this needs to be changed. Like yes. I think he's speaking from a place of like, I would like this to be changed, and he think he he knows his voice matters. How about, how about call before you do that? Hey, coach, can I come down? Can I talk to the guys? Or even two months ago, three before it ever got to this point, how many times has he gone and and and? Tried to inspire. You think it's just that easy? He's just, got kids. You know what? Hey, I want. Hey, you think you know they're gonna? I'm calling Mike Tom. I want to go talk. Yeah, to that might be tough. You <laughs> think that's no, real? Maybe, life? You no, think maybe, they're gonna listen to him? Let me rephrase that. Too? Maybe Mike has reached reached out to him. Hey, okay, got it. Maybe Mike uh, has like, reached out to him. That's why he's pissed. Ooh. I don't know that. I, that doesn't sound like Mike to me. Okay, I agree. If he, I agree. Mike, if he went in there with Canada because he's all into the alumni. Those guys coming back. Are you kidding me? That's right. You're right. You're right. That's so you got something to say. Hey, look, just like we we don't air our dirty laundry in the in the media, right? So if you got something to say, come down here and I'll let you address these fellas face to face. These Fugay Steelers, they're not going to listen. But, well, and if he does that, then like, isn't he? He is the old guy on the on his yeah. front yeah. lawn. Just let me down. tell you how to fix it. Yeah, exactly. You can't hey. come in there, okay? Let me tell you what you guys are all doing wrong. I've right. been watching on TV, <laughs> and you guys need to start doing this. I turn up the volume as loud as I could too. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear one single good job. Did you? None. I didn't hear. <laughs> you weren't on the sideline calling I, ball. I didn't hear. And they did a sky cam shot, and not everybody's going to look at this, but I did. I was seeing how the side. What you guys are doing on the sideline is not how Steelers operate. Okay, we're supportive. We're up there. Could you imagine the room listening to this guy? And oh. if, if it's already lost, but too, by the way, that's not going to help. Oh, oh, the approach and what you say, he could endear himself and say, we got talent. No, have you ever heard Ben do interviews? That is not how it goes. He doesn't go that road. <laughs> well, then, okay, so it's what one of those mean? guys that, you He's know. brutally honest. Like, he yeah. is a brutally yeah. honest guy. I don't think he has any ill intentions ever whenever he's speaking, but he just is a brutally honest speaker, I think. Like, he's an Ohio guy. Yeah, he just... Bingo. He would go on his local uh, radio shows, obviously, and uh, he's quarterback. And they'd be like, what happened in this situation? He would give the honest answer. Mm-hmm. But in doing so, he'd be like, uh, receiver ran a little bit, should have been a little bit out. And then all of a sudden, it's like, this guy just throws guys under yeah, the bus. And it was like, he wasn't meaning to do that. He was just telling a brutally honest answer. We appreciate footballing. Yeah. We appreciate yeah. what you did Absolutely. for Pittsburgh, Ben. You, ben. Uh, oh. Joining us now is a man who has done a lot for the state of West Virginia. He is the 34th Attorney General of the great state of West Virginia. If you recall, West Virginia decided to leave Virginia Back in the day when there was a certain uh-huh. battle going sure. on. Okay. And it is a glorious and a beautiful state that had a basketball player going through a situation with the NCAA due to uh, the amount of transfers and the reasoning and a waiver. So this attorney general, led uh, by an Ohio coalition, decided to sue the NCAA. Now there's a temporary restraining order on the injunction from the NCAA to these players who are not allowed to play for two weeks. 
Now, I don't know the ins and outs of it, and I have no idea if what I just said accurately described what's going on. <laughs> Sounded right. To clarify it all, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Attorney General of West Virginia, Patrick Morrissey. Yeah! Morrissey! Hey, Pat, it's good to be with you today, and it's a great day to be a mountaineer. Hey, you're damn right, no matter where you are, or no matter where you may be, the... Uh, you look sweet. Are those real books behind you? I assume they are. Your attorney general. <laughs> They're actually real books. It's a it's a library. We even try to use these books from time to time, and perhaps they helped a little bit yesterday. Okay, so let's talk about yesterday. Shout out to those books, but hey, shout out to those oh, books. Yeah, Keep out. going, books. Okay, so let's talk about yesterday. I just tried to describe the situation. Obviously, everybody seemingly with a brain and common sense is fed up with the NCAA sticking their nose into a situation with archaic rules in the modern era that we're in. Raekwon Battle, a basketball player for West Virginia, is not allowed to play this year. It was deemed not allowed to play because he had too many transfers without a waiver, and it wasn't found out till he got to West Virginia that that was the case, so he's kind of in a bad spot. So you all sue the NCAA, basically saying you're not allowed to do that because of potential wages being earned with the new NIL situation. Am I describing that right? Where are we? And why did you guys decide to do what you did? And what does this mean for the future, not just the next two weeks? Absolutely. So first of all, thank you for having me on, because this is an important issue for the future of college athletics. I think a lot of us have been very worried about having this unaccountable organization issue these dictates from on high, and really not putting the student athletes first. So that's one of the reasons why up front, you know, I wrote a letter to the NCAA originally asking for Raekwon Battle uh, to be allowed to play this year. That was the first thing that we did. And then we got a letter, you know, from the NCAA saying, sorry, but we're not going to approve it. We followed up with another letter. Raekwon and his attorneys followed up and sent letters. But at the end of the day, Raekwon was denied. And interestingly, the more we started to look at that fact pattern, we saw that some people were approved, some people were denied. And then we start to say, look, the NCAA is operating on top of a house of cards and that they think they're unaccountable, but they too have to comply with the antitrust laws of our country, the competition laws that governs uh, when businesses, how businesses behave, how individuals can uh, transit and move on to receive the type of employment or athletic opportunities of their choice. And what we saw here is that the NCAA, we thought, was violating the antitrust laws. So I started talking with the Ohio Attorney General, Dave Yost, did a really good job organizing a coalition of seven states. We went into court in the Northern District of West Virginia yesterday. The judge indicated that he was going to put a halt to the NCAA transfer rule for the two-time transfers at a minimum for 14 days. So from my perspective, that means that all of the athletes that have been denied for this time, there is a clear pathway to allow them to play and to allow them to play without penalty. That's the other issue, Pat, that we were very worried about, that you could have a victory in court, but the NCAA could come back and say, yeah, you might have won in court, but it got reversed. Now we're going to strip away the wins for your school. We're going to stop the individual record keeping, You know all the awards that you may want to get. I think the court is weighed in pretty clearly that the NCAA doesn't have that power. And now we move forward in the court. But student athletes, for the first time in a long time, have been put first 
by this big multi-state coalition. Hey, thank you for doing that. We obviously appreciate that as former athletes and people that have questioned a lot of the of what the NCAA has done for a very long time. What's the goal of this? Obviously, 14 days from the judge in West Virginia. The goal is just that this transfer rule gets kind of eliminated, and how would that go about? The NCAA would have to represent themselves in court, and a judge would say, you have to eliminate this rule, or what are we looking at yeah. here, especially with a you know law world that takes forever to do anything? Thing, right? Isn't that Absolutely. Kind of, yeah. So, so the good news is that the court has already issued a temporary restraining order. Yep. So they're basically trying to immunize these athletes for a minimum of a 14 day period. But then we're back in court on December 27th, the end of the year. And then we're going to be asking for a permanent injunction. The value of that is to send this transfer eligibility rule into the scrap heap. And then obviously the NCAA is going to have to come up with rules that are not so onerous on the student athletes. I think one of the problems the NCAA has run into is they've lost their way. They're not focusing on the student athlete. I've always made the example of why does a student athlete have to wait for a year when you're a coach, you could leave midway through. You could be in a band. You could transfer schools, and you're not going to have to wait a year. Yeah. It's an absurd rule. It never was sustained under the antitrust rules. It's not logical. And the NCAA has been interpreting it every which way uh, but reasonably over the past uh, number of years. We want to put that to bed right now. Yeah. We're in the middle of the college sports season, winter sports. People want to go out on a hardwood. They want to play ball. Let the kids play. That's what we want. And then there'll obviously be an opportunity for the NCAA working with the states to come up with a better system. Let the kids play. Let, yep. let the boys, boys play. And, and girls Let them play, play man. Yeah, let the kids play. Let the kids let play. Let the kids play. It's all about the student human athletes. And I don't think it's sit out a year anymore. I think they change that. But if you transfer more than one time without a waiver, then you're stuck at a place forever. I mean, it's just like the rules are stupid. They all seem to be hypocritical. And I appreciate the fact that you say that they're not focusing. They've lost their way. They're not focusing on the student human athletes, which used to be their entire mission. Now it's like they're focusing on showcasing that they still have power. And it's like, hey, don't need that from you what we need is you to kind of take care of the entire situation while we're in the middle of this wild transition in the nil era let's put some guardrails on this thing as opposed to utilizing rules that were built before this started to ruin people's lives none of it makes sense that whole earned wages and future wages thing brings in a whole nother angle right doesn't that kind of bring in a whole nother angle yeah the ncaa no it it does, because at the essence, the antitrust laws, you're engaging in restrictive trade. You're actually limiting economic opportunities for people. And athletes are citizens, too. And look, Pat, you know this. The fact is that any athlete could have a perfect moment in time. It could be throwing the right pass. It could be uh, shooting, defending the right play. And you don't know when it's going to come. And to actually say artificially, for no logical reason, you're going to bar someone from playing for a year, that's not right. That's what the court said in the order that came out yesterday. So I think the clear intent of this district court is to go forward and we're very hopeful. We're gonna humbly go back to the court and ask to extend this TRO to make it more permanent. But I think it's a good day if you're a student athlete because now we get to bring more accountability to the NCAA. Hell yeah, we've been looking for this for a long time. Do I just call you AG or what do, what do, what do, the, uh, what do, the, what do the boys call you back here? 
<laughs> you could call me the AG. You could call me anything you want, OG, but just OG. call us winners in the court. Hi, oh! keep- yeah. I love yeah. that, AG. You're a dog, bro. Uh, Raekwon Battle <laughs> in his first game or second game could go for 40 points and become a household name uh, overnight. And then all of a sudden, well, he wouldn't have had that opportunity. But nowadays, maybe he gets some sponsorship out of that. Maybe he gets there in a living. Well, maybe he gets to change his family's tree trajectory forever because of that evening and the ncaa says nah that's 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 my point and look here's the really important part anyone want to see a really good kid uh he testified for 40 minutes yesterday in court and i think he was one of the stars of the show but he talked about his compelling story here's a guy that grew up he was on a reservation his coach left and he decided to go to WVU. You know, you guys know Josh Eiler had spent time on a reservation as well. So there was a comfort Thank level. This is the right place for this kid who's trying to address some of his mental health needs. That's the exact type of example you would think the NCAA would say, let's have basic rules of fairness, let the kid play. But they didn't. And now you're seeing what happens when Entities are unaccountable, think they can get away with this. I love that. Did the NCAA have a representative there saying, no, I, after his 45 minutes, they say, I was like, I'll take the stand for myself, actually. You know, I'll be like uh, Vin Diesel in the Find Me, <laughs> Find Me Guilty movie nice. or whatever, where he represents. Well, look, I, you know, one of the interesting things about the hearing is that they were talking about, well, um, are you going to play this year? Because ultimately the decisions should be up to the student athlete as to what's going to happen. You know, a lot of questions uh, are coming up about eligibility and would you forfeit it. At the end of the day, it's a decision that the school has to make, but also the kid has to make it as well. But the line of questioning was literally focused on, well, um, NIL and do you really have to go play this year? You've missed uh, 10 games. You only have 18 games left. Look, it should be up to the That's kids. That's the to NCAA, though. The NCAA is there saying, we don't want this kid. They like put, they sent somebody to court in West Virginia to be like, hey, make sure this dude isn't able to play. And that lawyer was like, you got it. I'm going in there. That's what, that's what the NCAA did in this court case. Like, what was the other side? Was it just a judge ruling this certain thing? Who, who, you know, so the, obviously it's a, it's a case that everyone at counsel and I'm not going to disparage anyone counsel, but what I will say is that, when the focus is always on, well, they're not looking for the best interest of the kid. They're not trying to get to the heart of the story about how this kid was affected. He's got a really compelling story if you look into it. And he's got a posting on uh, Twitter if you go look at that, which really, if anyone across the country watches it, they're going to become a fan of this kid. I just would hope that the NCAA would be trying to get to the bottom of it. Why did this kid transfer? What's going on? What makes him tick? How can we put his interest ahead? That didn't come across yesterday uh, in the hearing when the NCAA was asking the questions. And I think it needs to come across in the future for the NCAA to get it right. Otherwise, look, there should be a lot of scrutiny of a monopoly type organization. They don't have exemptions from the antitrust rules. And that's what state attorneys general and others are all about. No one is above the law. Man, I love that. Hey, Patrick, hell yeah, dude. Right, we're going. Go ahead, AJ. Sorry I took that. I was very uh, intrigued by this entire thing. Just the thought optically of the NCAA sending in two lawyers after a 45-minute testimony of a student human athlete telling his, his, bearing his soul pretty much yeah. about what sports mean to him, what the head coach of this team, and the NCAA going, to rest our case, Judge, this kid doesn't deserve to play. Like, you look like the biggest 
group of assholes mm -hmm. on earth. And it's like, why is that what the NCAA is? Why is that? You know, it doesn't make just doesn't make any sense. But go ahead, AJ. Sorry about that. Do we know? No, listen, uh, I think that this was step one. There are multiple steps. You know, this is one round of a multi-round process. So I think the judge did a good job. We're not presuming anything. We have 14 days. We think we're correct on the law. We're very pleased the court is considering all of our arguments. Uh, but we're going to have to go back. We have December 27th, and we're going to keep going. And I think we're correct on the law. And we're going to keep humbly going to the court and asking them to do the right thing. Hell yeah. Humbly, of course. Of course. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, AJ. How many people are making these decisions in the, in the NCAA? Is there a, a group? Is there a board? Like, do we know who is ultimately pulling the trigger and making these decisions that are affecting all of these people's lives? Yeah, I mean, they have a designated committee of people that review these. And it's my understanding it came out yesterday. There are probably about 100 student athletes nationally that are impacted by all this. And uh, obviously, this is just one touchstone, by the way, of, I think, a lot of concerns with the NCAA, and note that they have this for the Division One athletes, but you don't have the same rules in place for everyone, uh, but you have a limited group of people, and I'm still hopeful, look, that the NCAA will come to its senses and do the right thing, let the kids play. Yeah. Even now, I want to note that even today, there's some people questioning, well, will there be potential punishment if they go out and play? Would they potentially lose another year of eligibility if this issue gets reversed? And guys, as you know, this is one step in a multi-step system. We don't know what will happen. While we think we're correct on the law, what happens if something changes? I don't think the athletes should be punished. That's why it was particularly important for the court to say that that old restitution law, think of it as the NCAA penalty box provision, that that was not going to apply here. We have to make sure that that stays in place. Just the NCAA petitioning against a kid in court while he's burying his soul. Kid. Yeah, you look soulless. Yes. But then to follow it up with, we dare you. Those are the rules right now. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. We'll see what happens December 27th. Okay, so is this all worth it or not? It's just like, you look like the, that's not what you should be. We all agree with that. We also all agree that we appreciate the hell out of you, uh, AG. Good luck December 27th. And kind of thank you for spearheading this movement alongside whoever it was in Ohio over there. Dave Yost of Ohio did a great job, and it was a bipartisan coalition, seven states. I appreciate all my colleagues. We all work together on this, but shout out to Dave Yost of Ohio. Did a great job. Bipartisan. How many more we think are going to get involved once they hear about this? Probably everybody, right? Look, I mean, there may be more that come in. Look, how often do you see the states of New York, Ohio, West Virginia, Colorado, North Carolina, Tennessee, all come together under one umbrella and take on a common foe, I think that's a reflection of the fact that like this is an win. issue that has nothing to do with politics. It has everything to do with fairness for the kids and letting people play and earn resources as they can too. Can we get a good pop, a good baby face pop from this? What, what, what's going on? Uh, they're screwing kids. Yeah, we're in. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah, we're, sure. we're in. Uh, hey, what's your political party? Who cares? What, what, what can we take a stand on right now? Uh, we're helping people that might not come from much. Uh, make money that they would have never been able to see before, but a group is holding them back from that. Everybody hates well, this group. Pretty much. Okay, yeah, I'm in. Well, I'm in. That's going to be um, And look, Pat, imagine you have a kid that was on a reservation, right? And so how many uh, people, Native Americans, are actually playing 
in the NCAA right now? How many are playing in pro sports? So you have this kid, the NCAA talks about diversity, what they're trying to do, and then this waiver gets denied. I think it's a bad look. I think they made the wrong decision. We wrote them multiple times suggesting that, uh, but they went ahead. Now uh, we're in court, and we're going to let our, our briefs do the talking. But I like our position where we are. I think we're on the side of the angels, and we're going to keep going. Hey, let's keep reading those books behind us. Let's mm-hmm. go ahead and let's win this thing on the 27th. Mm-hmm. Let's on, put AG. this one to bed. You said there's going to be multiple rounds. How about a second-round knockout Boom. Yeah, in December yeah. 27th? That'd be great. We appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey. Thank you. Yeah. I think you did good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. On this particular program. I had no idea how that was going to go. Yeah, good to learn about like the intricacies of that whole entire situation. His... Um, his press secretary, Paisano, sure. nice. got an email, got a chance to, yeah, yeah. DeVito? No. No, it was, it ended with uh, Nato, uh, I believe. There, it was. Uh, Mangazano no. or something like that. No, Hell you're just, you guys are doing a lot. Donato. You guys are about to start, no, it's not <laughs> oh, Fazoli either. Uh, Listen, you guys are about I to start doing some things. that was his name. No, you guys are starting <laughs> to do some stuff, huh. doing some things. You are. Just asking. You did. Just curious. You did. Uh, but, yeah, it was really, because I've been following from afar, but I don't understand this particular one as well, Raekwon Battle. Um, he's new to West Virginia. Josh Eilert was assistant coach for West Virginia. He becomes head coach after Bob Huggins. Uh, and uh, Huggies. West Virginia no longer. Right. What a wild scene that was. Did he make it back yet? I know he was petitioning to get that gig back. Did he get his job back? No, I don't know. Just from outside looking in, that was a wild scene. I think we all agree on that. Josh Eilert, anyways, is now the acting head coach of the West Virginia basketball team. Has a lot of of respect for Bob Hoggins, though. I do believe he comes from the same tree. So I think that has been a kind of added wrinkle into the whole conversation. But, like, the recruiting story of him and Raekwon, because Josh was also grew up. I believe, in a similar background. So it's like the story that had to be told to this judge had to be so, like, compelling, I I assume emotional, inspiring, and it's all just to let a dude who's of college age, who has eligibility left on his clock, to just play basketball for a team in which he was given an opportunity to play basketball for. In the NCAA, sits there, "Mm, no, no. Not a chance. Objection. Too emotional. Can't. Huh? No tears. We don't need tears, right? Uh, this what is this human doing over here? This is not human. Okay, this is this is a thing, and it falls into an illegal category. The rules we made. So just like how we used to use the word amateurism, which <laughs> yeah, kind of got mm-hmm. killed. We had to, you know what I mean? The, the amateurism word used to be their answer for everything. You remember that? AJ, they just made this word up, and then it became the answer. I but, think it was a campaign. I think it was honestly like a, one of those campaigns that they put out that they probably paid some focus group or some company to come in. Okay, like, hey, we keep, let's just keep jamming this into amateurism. Like, let's, amateurism. let's get that out there in the zeitgeist, as they say. Amateurism, amateurism. Hey, so excuse me, how come Pat White can't go sign autographs and make money? Well, amateurism. Mm-hmm. Amateurism. Oh. What is well, just like Olympic wrestlers, they'll say. That's what they try to say. Amateurism, amateur. Well, how come that pianist that's on scholarship here for the choir or whatever can go work all all holiday season mm-hmm. with all these other and get paid for it all? Amateurism. Well, what about they're not? What about the band? Like that drummer right there in the band could go play gigs and make money. Like, well, amateurism for sports. Mm-hmm. Okay, well you're making no sense. 
Okay, everything you're doing is stupid. But then they got killed by the NIL stuff. Mm -hmm. And that was the states basically kill them. So amateurism, no longer a word in our lexicon. Now it's like the only power they feel like they probably have left is this transfer rules, rules, our waivers, not yours. We have to agree to it, not you. It's like, shut up. And I'm happy. I did not expect that to be what Patrick Morrissey looked like. Yes. He looked awesome. What do you mean? What did you expect him to look like? Yeah. I mean, that hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So sweet. Probably not not 100%. Eyebrows are perfectly shaved. I don't think, yeah, I don't think so. What do you think? You know, Patrick Morrissey with the way he looked. He is an Irish lad. Yeah. He is a. For sure. I like the. Nuclear weapon. How about him saying at the end they're bipartisan? Yeah. Everybody can rally around. We're attacking an organization that everybody hates. Yes. Common sense. What's the reason for the rule? Chuck, what's the reason for the NCAA rule? So they just don't want people transferring willy nilly? Is that all? Mm -hmm. That's why it's there? That's how it used Mm -hmm. to be. Used to be if you were going to transfer like D one to D one, you had to sit out. Year, right? And I guess they wanted to, you know, make it, you know, obviously very. So you get difficult. one free transfer now. Is that so right? You get, you get one, one you, free so you transfer. Get one, you get one. And I think I learned from that conversation. Your second one, you got to sit out a year. Yeah, I yeah. think that's what I just learned. Number two, you sit, and that's what they're trying to get. Rid- and now it's the. This goes back to the Sherman Antitrust Act. Is what was in that article we read this morning, because now with NIL, these guys are making money. And basically what a you're lot. saying is you're not letting this guy on the court. You're not letting him take advantage of his NIL. You're going to hold him back and not let him play. Then you're taking money off out of his pocket, taking food off his table, his ability to earn. That's the Sherman and Antitrust that, Act. So and that's, that's why – That's huge. That's, that's why, huge. Yeah, that is a massive part because then that brings in like – Okay, working laws. Like, what are the mm-hmm. workers' rights? Mm-hmm. You know, because now you're a worker pretty much. Mm-hmm. And it's like employee, employer, earnings. But players earnings. can't fight because players don't have – they didn't collectively bargain to have a union or whatever mm-hmm. to fight that. So then, like, AG, Mr. AG Morrissey is fighting for the players. I no, guess that's what we're going to have to count. we're headed, right? So the NCAA, huh. that stranglehold that they've had, <clears throat> this is like their last little thing that they're holding on to. Oh, yeah. The transfer rules. We still we're still in there, and right? They, and they go but to a judge and fight for it. That that mm-hmm. is my like in my head. I'm watching this dude spill his soul and like cry, and then the NCAA just with their suits over there, like whispering questions to ask. I bet he doesn't have an answer for this. And then standing up and being like, "Judge, Your Honor, this kid's lying. Mm-hmm. This kid is. You see those tears? Those are fake tears." This is not, it's like, think about that entire, and then them saying they're scared that the NCAA is going to go back and punish them mm-hmm. for anything they do during this 14 day period that a judge put in there. The NCAA sent an email is like, think about it. Mm-mm. That cannot happen. There's no way they let that happen. What if you just all of a sudden play? What if they say he can't play and he goes out there and plays? What, what can they do? So they can vacate your wins and yeah. then whenever March Madness comes around, yeah. the they, actually, they actually run that. Like in basketball, they run March Madness. So. Yeah. So there's a lot. There's a lot. Like they don't yeah. run. They don't run the college football playoff. So that's why in football, I was always like, well, what are the, what can they do? But they actually do run the tournament. So I'm like damn near at the point with the NCAA where I think they're doing this on purpose just to get more eyes on West Virginia basketball, so that West Virginia basketball makes more money for the NCAA, and they're just completely spinning this entire thing as, okay. as if it's c-word. Seriously, what I'm just saying. You think they're trying to make? That's where I'm at. You think they're trying to babyface West Virginia basketball okay. right now? I love that. No, 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 no babyface. Strictly money. Strictly, hey, West Virginia basketball will make more money for the NCAA if we put a spotlight on them. This is a terrible decision. Like, there's no sane person that could look at this unbiasedly and be like, yeah, they they have a real argument. And that's why I'm just at the point where it has to be strictly a money thing, and maybe they can reverse this somehow. That takes me to a conspiracy I saw cooking on the internet about 
the NFL not really worrying about the refs because that's just the conversation. You know, it's like the NFL is always going to be popular. So what's the conversation the day after games? Is it uh, injuries? Is it anything like that? Is it fights? No, no, no. What is it? Oh, it's the refs. Okay, well, just keep yelling about the refs. They're humans, and uh, we'll just keep it moving. But I don't believe that's true. I think the NFL wants to get it right. I think the NFL attempts to get it right, but I also think the NFL gets in their own way a lot. Troy Vincent was speaking to the media from the league meetings in decisions that were made on rules that were kind of maybe put in this past year or what the future could look like with the rules and officiating and everything. And I have some news that is, um, you know, kind of polarizing to my heart. Oh, Okay, because I appreciate the fact that the fair catch on the kickoff is probably going to go away after this year. That's what Troy Vincent said to the public. He said, uh, uh, amongst his answer, he said that it's a dead ceremonial play today and will be addressed. And also the one-year experiment encouraging fair catches will be modified, if not going away entirely. Okay, so hopefully we will no longer see fair catches in the NFL. In college, okay. Maybe you're not, you don't have a special teams coach. Maybe you don't have players that play special teams. So if you just want to opt out of a play and fair catch it, cool. But in the NFL, people are paid a lot of money to strategize on these particular plays. There's a special teams coordinator. There's roster spots that are in there. There's millions and millions of dollars earned amongst a group of people that are continuing to play football and do a job for a team that nobody else, the stars, definitely don't want to do. Special teams matter. And it feels like a lot of these conversations rally around the fact that they don't or won't in the future. Now, our source... Says have told us that maybe the NFL thought that the return percentage this year was way too low. I think it was the lowest it's been, right? What is the percentage? 20.5%. 20.5% of kickoffs have been returned this year. So, and he says ceremonial. Historically that, low. The lowest it's been by a wide, wide margin. Damn. So they're looking for changes to the kickoff because it can't go back to what it was where a bunch of injuries were taking place, but also can't be too low. Mm-hmm. You know, we need at least the thought of an exciting play. So they're talking basically on both sides of the fence here. Okay, we want to, we'd like to eliminate the kickoff, which is why we put the fair catch thing in there, but eliminate uh, maybe too much. Now, so if anybody has any idea, is that there's still a thought or a potential spark from a return. We would like to hear it, and we hope the coaches present those to us this offseason. So the kickoff remains a topic of conversation. It feels like the future of the kickoff is certainly in jeopardy, but there's no way they're going to completely remove it from the game. I'm excited to hear what the coaches come up with, and I've been told potentially through some stress teams coaches, if we think of an idea, they are open to anything right now, AJ, it sounds like. That's what I was going to ask you. That's my first question. What do you you think we can do to make the kickoff not only like to continue the whole safety aspect of it, but make it entertaining and actually have people returning them? Yeah, so, but not too much, right? Return... But not yeah. too much. Mm-hmm. It needs to be like a happy. We need mm-hmm. about no injuries. We need about thirty percent return yep. yeah. rate. Thirty-five percent, maybe. Yeah, never. Don't get above thirty-five percent return yeah. rate because then that's when injuries probably continue to go up and up. So please figure something out that about sixty-five. So what are we doing? Time, what can you do? So I mean, there's a lot of ideas you just kind of toss out, and you know, there's eight people 
that have to be within 20 yards of where the ball is being kicked. Maybe you make that nine people. Maybe you do let them have a little bit of a run-up, too. So maybe maybe back it up to the 30. So then it's like a punt play more so than anything with two returners back there. So then you get you don't have the full speed. I think the collisions that they're worried about is somebody on one side and somebody on the other side saying, I need to feed my family, me too, bang, yeah. and running into each other, you know? So I think if you get people running next to each other, I think that's better mm-hmm. for the entire thing. They're just going to have to figure out how to officiate that, how to model something that will have that success rate. And, like, touchbacks, good. Not too much, though. We need to find immediate. That's going to be tough to figure yeah. out in an offseason. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be tough. How do There's you feel lot, about okay. the XFL one? Like, yeah, I hate it. So I hate that. Is there like an iteration of that? What exactly do they do? They do the kickoff coverage uh, practice. Yeah, five basically. yards away. Whenever a special teams right. coach they're says, all, I'm going to save your legs. Down, right? They're already yeah. down at the 30, right? 35, I think. 35. They're, yeah, they're on the 30 and the, the kicker's 35. by himself huh. at yeah. the minus 30. Could you flip Which that? Which is a drill, by the way. That is a drill in every basic NFL team whenever the special teams coach wants to save the legs. You just kind of line up down there. You'll kick off because it's still kickoff day, so I'm going to hit my kickoffs. And then they'll blow a whistle. When it's time to go, you're able to kind of do your coverage lanes and everything like that. But for me, it's just SO Mickey Mouse. No offense. No offense. No offense for a game, yeah. That's good in practice. Yeah, that's not a game. It looks no. weird. Walk into a stadium, you see it. Like, what yeah. is this practice? What is, you yeah. know what I mean? Don't Remember, didn't the, the original XFL, didn't they do like a Braveheart? They rolled the ball out and everyone just ran and oh, killed yeah. each other and Strong. tried to get the ball? One on one, I think. I yeah, think it was one on one. Oh, it was one on one. Yeah. Then, okay, let's do it. Let's go 11 on 11. Kickers involved. Everybody, here we go. Uh, Throw that. You guys stand 25 yards apart. Throw the ball into the middle. Those kickers are going to start looking like uh, probably defensive ends or maybe corners if that's what's happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I Bullock start, might be so ahead the, of his time. Yeah, Randy so Bullock's going to get that ball. Really smart special teams coaches, right? Very. And they're like Mitt or Mitch, Mitt's dad. Yes. Tommy McMahon. Yes. Yeah, middle special gentleman. teams coach for the Raiders. He was our oh. special, your special teams coach. You right. credit him a lot yeah, on the him. show. They're going to bring him in, right? They bring these guys in. They brought him in a year ago and they have these discussions and they give them all the ideas. They just got to listen to them. And then implement them. That's that's all. Yeah, because I heard last year there was a chance that maybe special teams coordinators were called into Philadelphia where NFL Films mm-hmm. was. Yeah. And a big, long meeting maybe took place, like a long meeting in the off season. you know, mm-hmm. where there's maybe some time to do other stuff. Sure. And they were questioned and quizzed and ideas and what do you think to save the entire thing. And then turns out all those notes were just like, oh, sweet, throw it away. Uh, and then we're just going to do this anyway. So... Uh, we got to get them to buy in, which they will. Mm-hmm. And we also got to become an actual, you know, think tank. Yes. As opposed to, well, this data analytics person has this idea. It's like, well, that data analytics person has never played football before. Mm-hmm. Troy Vincent talked about some other stuff as well. Yeah. Did he? He kind of mixed, like, the hip drop with the gator roll tackle. Yeah, he did. Got to get rid of it. Oh. You don't say. A hip roll drop. Can't have him gripping, rotating, and dropping. All right. That's what they teach to keep the head out. No, yeah. that's from the whole head down, heads up thing. Yeah, everybody's just a tackling dummy running straight at you. Anyways, that's been the show on ESPN. We'll be back tomorrow to overreact to tonight's game. Cheers. Nailed it, boys. Let's Way go. Way to go. Really proud of us. Really proud of us doing that. How do you feel about putting that XFL thing, but at the ball instead of at the returner? So putting them five or ten yards apart from each other, but at the kicking point versus the returning point? I mean, what? What? They so are, like, right now they're 10 no. yards away, right? And they're stacked. Like, what? could you just put all 10 or I guess it'd be 20 players at the ball 
It was so, so when like it's all kicked. gunners. So yeah, it'd be more so like so a then, sprint down. And onside yeah, yes, kick, sir. onside kick. You just say, hey, you got back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You got we're doing we're doing onside kick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just yeah. gotta you gotta go back to or give him like one yard within one yard of them. But then it becomes yeah, it would be it'd be fun to watch how special plays. teams would morph and be like, hey, we need guys to run four, four twos. twos. I can just yeah. run past this guy trying to block him Which, right on his hip. Still, that's pretty much all you need, anyways. You would like yeah. four twos across True. the board. But there's no big the guys. Return. No reason to have huge guys. There. <laughs> that one. Yeah, all, you get two guys on the other team. Like if you get two guys on your kickoff team that are exceptionally fast, mm-hmm. and you put them at the let's say the one and the two, or the two and the three, and you just kick the ball to the right, it's like. What a weapon! Yeah, I, and, and that returner, bloop, bloop it a little bit, get you a little bit of hang time. Yes. And that yeah, returner, that, is... that returner's just sitting there, and all of a sudden it's just like, all righty. I think there's a chance. Not 100 percent sure. Could be some electricity. Try it out. Yeah, yeah. could be some electricity. Could also could be, be some car crashes. Could be, could be a big one. <laughs> yeah. Which they said they kind of want the excitement of the play back. Sure. Well, yeah, the we... excitement of the play is anything could be a touchdown, could be a big hit. Could it's break almost free. like punt. It turned into like, almost like a yeah. punt, but you spread them out. You know, this punt, you run up, act, you got to fake like you're, you're rushing, boom, lock the dude up, grab him. It could be something like that, I guess. Nick said he thinks that it should be a punt. That's what the kickoff That's the move, be. AJ. Yeah, Every yeah. kickoff should be a punt play. He doesn't think like after a safety yeah. punt play, which might be the answer. Your safety punt? No, we were talking about like imagine being able to block a kickoff. What's the average hang time? On you what? you would know this on, on a on a bloop on a kickoff on a bloop kickoff if it, compared if it's to like four two four three that's about as much you can get right that's really good four four really there's guys I think they hit like four five four six like big balls but if they raise the t to encourage that okay what remember because Tom McMahon was cheating yeah I know Tom McMahon was cheating he's got a big mm-hmm. brain that he guy, wasn't cheating because it wasn't in the rule until true. he did it until love that and then shit. they had to change it love that shit he's putting a ball on the back of the t- so the, the guy's tea, a weapon yeah. weapon dude yeah. so the T is built like this you know obviously it's not this big mm-hmm. but the ball goes in the back of it and it has to be you know inch off the ground or whatever is the the rule in the NFL high school it's two inches I think up in Canada there's even I don't know eight but, inches but anyway so yeah. it's, it's this design of this kickoff tee is basically so there's no friction but it's able to sit in there but to hold a ball that's as big as the thing there's a little bit of an indent so tom mcmahon was just raising it a half inch teeing it up on the back of the tee having the one who's the safety on the play who would be holding it anyways if it was bad weather come over and hold it so he was at a, a inch and a half when everybody else was just at an inch and he had carlson who had a big yeah big leg mm-hmm. and he was hitting this thing skyrocket he's a part of the problem because those were kickoffs <laughs> and those things were getting blooped and guys were covering down there and it was like and then other people started doing it, and then the nfl was like right, enough with the cheat but if you were to get a two-inch tee if you were to bring out a two-inch tee up there those dudes would be able to hit it pretty high like four seven four eight yeah i mean those would be like punch. i'm surprised midge didn't have it like this on sideways, yeah. Yeah. on the side of the three, three. just a little bit. What if it was up on its? What on, if he would on a diamond? Yeah, if he yeah. put it up like this way, like if, if this is the T, if this is the T normally like this, if he just, I'm surprised he didn't just yes. turn that thing completely mm-hmm. sideways like this. What? It's the it's a regular this is NFL regulated yep. T. You gave it to us, right? It's all, that would be just. Can like, you hear him? Yeah. Can you hear the explanation too for, on the phone? So here's what I'm thinking. We're going to have, I can have a guy hold it, right? Like it's a windy day. He can yep, come and hold yep, it, right? Anywhere, yep. Okay, and like I can have him hold it like on any part of the tee, right? Yeah, I have to use a tee that the NFL says you, is I, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to use the tee, but I'm going to have a holder out there. Yeah, that's, is that good? That's been legal. Yes, yeah, Tom, that's great. 
Okay. And then he has that T sideways. And it's like, Tom, too much. You give it away. Everybody can see that that's six Who was inches. the first game against? Because you know the special teams. So coach. mad. Who, he's like, so what? mad. What is that guy doing? What is that well, guy doing? That he didn't come up with it. He's pissed that he didn't come up with yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah. But then the I, phone was ringing. Immediate halftime, maybe the first quarter. This guy's using a yeah, yeah. It was the Patriots. He's with you the see what <laughs> Patriots <laughs> last year? You know, Bill would rip apart his office at halftime or even <laughs> first quarter. He'd be so pissed he didn't come up with that before. Yeah, pretty brilliant. I mean, that's what these special teams coordinators are. That's why, like, we should we should keep in there them strategizing returns. Yes, like it's good for the yeah. game. Better football. Like it's better football. Like that is just that's a play that can be game changer immediately. Like, even if it's a return to the 40 or the 50, it's like, do you know the percentage of scoring whenever you start there as opposed to at your own 20, which guys can do whenever they cover in there? And when they bloop one up high, it's like, that's a weapon. That's real strategy. That's real football. I hope we're able to figure it out. But we're going to come up with some ideas. Football! What happened? No juice. Get your fours up, boys. Get your fours up. It's fourth quarter, bro. It's fourth quarter of the season. That's A.J. Hawk on the big screen there. That's Chuck Pagano on my right over here. Coached football 36 years. It's Tony Diggs in a cowboy hat. This is what we train for. Talks the table. At Ty Schmidt and Boston Connor with the mullet there you see on the left side of the screen. As we enter the fourth quarter, remember all those off-season workouts. That's why you lift all them weights. Amen. That's why you run all them hills. Why? Yeah. This is why we have to enjoy every single moment of tonight's Chargers-Raiders game. Damn right. Easton Sticks playing? Woo. I don't give a stick. How about that? Ooh. It's NFL football, and we are in the fourth quarter. Now, we know we have overtime, and overtime begins oh. with Super Wild Card Weekend. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into great football in the playoffs, but there's only going to be a couple games on. That's it. We are here, and we are closers, aren't we? Amen. That's right. This is when we play our best ball. We're trending north, not south. Uh-uh. And that's not just our ability and our level of energy. That's believe. our feelings towards football and our gratitude. That's right. Chuck, go ahead. You were saying we got to what? Believe it. You can't just hold them up. You got to believe it. Come on, Diggs. Come on, Diggs. Well, you were trying to put them down. Yeah. So was right. AJ. I saw you two. You two were the no, least no, no. committed Shoulders. to the fours Shoulders. that I no, fucking no, no. saw while I'm giving My this. My thumb's been cramping up for 25 seconds up. already. You've already put your hand down on the table over there. You can't. No, no, it was up. It was just out of the screen. Diggs is, he has to support his arm with his left arm. I'm not doing that. Well, it's new Diggs. Diggs is super thin. Has it, you know what I mean? This is thin Diggs. All Diggs is would not have Look been at the back there. room. Look at those fours flying high. Come on now. Can you switch? Fours no. I guess if you want eight quarters, maybe you can put up both. Is Mitt doing it? You put up both. Mitt's put up Mitt's four. Mitt. Mitt. Mitt knows football. Mitt knows ball. Mitt's got his four up for sure. Yup. Boom. (laughs) Go really hot. Look at Mitt. Boom. Mitt might have had all five fingers out there. Yeah. Does Talk have it up yet or no? (laughs) Talk Talk better have his fucking four. Yeah, you're damn right he better. Talk is a fourth quarter guy too. Talk doesn't, you know, Talk's a closer. I would hope. Talk's a finisher. He's staring down that screen. He's yeah. always finishing. Talk is behind that, that black curtain there. <laughs> yep. that we don't have that camera, that camera, out. Yeah, the camera, camera out there. Do we have a camera that is not, not in the lo- It's lo- not in there right now. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hey, they, they, do not put your fours down because I can uh, see him. I can see him. I can see the fours. Fours up, boys. Fours up. Talk, I would need to see those. Let's close the season out how it should be. Hell, yeah. We've battled for three quarters of this season. 
with some some under football. Definitely. Not a lot of points. Nope. A lot of it. Defense is you're playing great. Yeah. We lost that on maybe the greatest touchdown regular season scene sometime. Mm-hmm. That doesn't ruin anything for this last mm-hmm. quarter. No way. Nope. Let's close this out, boys. Four's on me. Four's on three. One, two, three. Four. Four. Fours. We did it. Let's go, boys. Shoulder workout. Good shoulder workout. Great shoulder workout. Good shoulder workout. Yeah. Feeling a little burn. Yeah. Feeling a little burn. Should we do it with the little opposite bit. hand now? A little bit. People forget that that is a, that's a show of toughness, too, when you put that there you up. Go. Yeah. yeah, it is. Because your shoulder's still good. That's right. Did you so hold trap, that? Remember I was locked up? Now I'm starting to feel better. Oh, yeah. Joining uh, us now. Shut up, old man. What's your problem? We, we said we're done with this. You couldn't wait. We said we worked it out. You wait for me to that. give you an opening. Bingo. Uh, you a, did. A piece of news that just kind of entered the world. You can get Carolina Panthers tickets this weekend starting at 45 cents. That, oh, makes, nice. that makes sense. A couple gumballs. That's not good business. You know what else isn't good business? Maybe kicking Joker out of a game whenever it's Serbian heritage night. Huh? Yeah. Come on. Maybe. Uh, I'm not going to mock anybody. Okay. It's a big deal. Okay. Sure. It's but a big deal. If you were deal. to. Draymond Green, known basketball goon, yeah. just like hockey has goons, slapped the guy in the mouth the other night. Yes, he yeah. did. Oh, pretty, he that is leading news. That's yeah. all he did? The world didn't end? What's that? Huh? He, he did, slapped the guy in the mouth. Yeah. Was it he, the president? He didn't kill somebody on the court? No. He, he slapped the guy right in the mouth. Yeah, I would have thought that he would have killed. He would, the way that people were acting. Joining us now is maybe a man that can clarify why this was such big news. We had no idea. This entire week, we've been so flustered about yeah. why this is such big news. Maybe this man can join us. An absolute stud. Friend of the program. Uh-huh. At one point, people said he was racist. I said, that can't be true. Wait. Perk shows us nothing but love, and we're the whitest group of humans on earth. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, basketball legend. Kendrick Perkins. Yeah. What's, What's up, up, fellas? Perk, big question here. Okay, we appreciate you joining us. You look fantastic. Clean chain. Okay, that's an absolutely clean chain there. And we've loved I, you re-emerging onto TV because it's basketball. Well, Pat, Pat, I tried to make a fashion statement today and, and throwing a turtleneck, yeah. but my, my turtleneck not really naked. Around the neck, <laughs> it's not really. It's not really hugging around the neck like it's all good though. Hey, that good means that means you're getting thin, right? That's what that means. Yeah, yeah. You know what that means? Lose some weight. Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I'm trying to get back into the four X, so you can imagine what size this turtleneck is. <laughs> <laughs> Perk, what are you? You're six foot. What? You're six foot. What? I'm 6'10". Jeez. Damn. You're such a monster of a human. Like, if we're walking down the street, everybody's this yeah. to Kendrick oh, Perkins. Yeah. And what did you play at? What was the weight you played at? Oh, you know, 275, 280. Where are you at right now? Pat, Pat. Uh, I'm a little <laughs> sensitive. But, but you know what? You know what? I don't care, right? All right. I'm about 305, 95, 98. You know what I'm saying? Same as I am. I touched the 400 mark and I decided to go on a diet. Okay, so you're six foot ten. Decided to change your life once you hit 400 pounds, and you're a, you're <laughs> an athletic build too. Underneath there, you're a dog. We all understand that. But this, yeah. the reason why I brought this up is because of what Tone just mentioned there. This Zion Williamson story is kind of hitting like a fever pitch with everybody chit chatting about it. And Zion came out and said, if they're saying it in a fashion that they want me to be great, 
I appreciate it. If it's in a negative way, obviously everybody has their own opinion and everything like that. This is a real deal, though. Like, he, he's special. He has the opportunity. It, like, is there messaging from OGs from the NBA to him? Is he? How do you think he's going to manage this entire situation right now? Well, 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 one, how about accountability, okay? Every, every, like, that's the problem with Zion. So think about this for a second. Zion as a rookie, we talked about him what? His weight. His second year, we talked about his weight. His third year, we've talked about his weight. Last year, which was his fourth year, we talked about his weight. Now in year five, we're still talking about Zion weight and him being heavy and the organization is having problems with him dieting and taking care of his body. Like, accountability has to fall in place. We're talking about a guy in between LeBron James and Victor Wimbayamba, Zion Williamson probably was the most, you know, one of the top prospects to ever come out, okay, in the basketball space. All right, so my thing is, is this. It's not a it's, – it's, it's, don't give us a reason or don't give the OGs like Shaq and, and, and Barkley and, you know, Stephen A to talk about your weight. How about go and do something about it? And do it at a consistent basis. Don't let your teammates down, right? I was a pro- I was a person who had weight problems. I'm still dealing with it today. But at the end of the day, I knew I had to go get my extra thirty minutes of cardio in. I knew I had to do the little things that everybody else couldn't do for us, making sure while I'm watching them eating certain things on the PJ when we fly into different cities. I'm eating bananas and you know what I'm saying peanut butter sandwiches. I couldn't have the jelly. <laughs> No, the peanut butter was okay. The jelly not. Yeah. I appreciate that, making a little uh, sacrifice, you know, amongst yeah. But I think that's why it's important for guys like you to talk about it and Chuck to talk about it and Shaq to talk about it because you're all guys who obviously can put on weight if you're not being disciplined, but whenever you were playing ball, you were commi- fully committed to playing basketball. It's like, why hasn't that you know, kind of tapped into Zion's brain. We will never know. But Zion, we're pulling for you, buddy. Come on, Zion. We're pulling we for you. We are. We're pulling Absolutely. for you, Zion. Now let's talk about another basketball story, shall we? Why is this Draymond Green thing like leading news across all sports? Isn't this just Draymond Green? Isn't this like what he does? Is that a, is that just a dumb take by me? Why? Why? Is well, 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 Pat, look, man, we're talking about a guy that is arguably one of the greatest defenders to ever play the game of basketball. Right, Draymond Green doesn't get enough credit for how he changed the game for us being an undersized power forward slash center, right? And so when you think about Draymond and you look at how he's being viewed, how he's been being viewed over the last year and a half, well, just this season, right? It's like we've been seeing less of actual basketball He because his production has went down. We can see that his game on the offensive end and defensive end has a decline. And now all of a sudden, he's doing this. He's having this uncanny behavior, right? Like the things that he's doing right now are bad for the game of basketball. Okay. And with Draymond Green, I think in his mind, you know, everybody keeps saying he needs help. He needs help. So obviously there's something going on in his personal life, okay? That's number one. But outside of that, the basketball guards in the NBA will always humble you in some form or some fashion. When you get to a level where you think that you're bigger than the actual brand, all of a sudden reality hits you. And that's what's happening with Draymond Green right now, and rightfully so. 
So that's why it's all a big deal because bad for basketball, big name guy, obviously all of this, but it's like his third time this season happening. And you said the last year and a half, that all started when A.J. Hawk became an NBA analyst. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Whenever he, uh, he punched that guy. Clocked him. Punched him right through the face. Knockout. At practice. And then the video hits the internet. And everybody's like, damn, damn, teammate, what, what's going on there? And A.J. says... It's going to be tough to become friends after that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a, and then they led the NBA, Turner led NBA season with AJ Hawk saying, it's going to be tough to be friends after that thing. And it was like, that's when it all kind of started, this entire situation with him, right? That's what you were kind of alluding to? Yeah, absolutely. It's wild to me. It's wild to me. But, 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 but here's the thing, right? You, you think about Draymond actions and you think about who Draymond is, right, or who he who he used to be, because he's not that no more. The leader of not just the organization, but across the NBA. So many guys looked up to Draymond as a mentor, as a quote-unquote OG, as a big brother. That's not the case no more. When you get into it with a guy like Donovan Mitchell, that means you really have a problem. Donovan Mitchell is one of the best individuals in the game for us, his personality, his character. Okay, and then when you think about him, you know, he had a little lip wrestling uh, battle with Anthony Edwards. See, the thing is now, a lot of people hear Draymond barking, but they're not scared no more because he's not biting. That's what Anthony Edwards right? said, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, he's not biting. So, I mean, you can't choke someone out and you can't just – slap someone i don't even know if it was a slap but i mean damn man how much is the nba and and the rest of the league supposed to take and when you hear nurkish come out and say what he said post game you heard kevin durant speak on it last night after the game it's a it's a serious problem all right well we hope it gets figured out obviously draymond and uh yeah, because basketball, this isn't the normal conversation either. Like a guy punching somebody in the right. face. No. Yeah, that's not a normal thing. Normally, it's player pissed off at fan wanting to punch in face. Yeah. You know, that is normally the physicality that happens. And those fans deserve it, by the way. I'm 100% on the side of the players. There's another ejection, AJ, up there in Chicago that got the people buzzing. Yeah, Perk, what do you think is going on with, with all of that? And who exactly got, uh, susp- got uh, thrown out of that game, Pat? Joker got kicked out I of Serbian Heritage one. Night in Chicago. That ref, I assume, is never going to ref another game again? There's no and way. And he shouldn't. Okay, good. All right. I like the. And, and, and I'm tired of, and I, and I'm tired of the, the, the Jokic disrespect from the officials, okay? This guy is the best player in the NBA. Okay, a finals MVP, won the championship last year, and has never cheated the game of basketball, right? He's always he's reliable, available. He puts up his numbers. He wins games. And, and so when I think about all the other players across the league, the superstars, right, and what, they're, what they get away with when it comes down to having conversations with officials. That's what we're going to call it, right? Speaking their mind because it's the emotional game. The the tolerance that officials have for other superstar players, they don't seem to keep that same energy when it comes to Jokic, and that's not fair. Why is that, you think? What, what is it? Do you think uh, but, with his well, accent it sounds a little white? What's that? Okay, it's not because he's white. All right. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Racist word. No. no, I'm just. But I'm just saying. I'm just. You know, I'm just saying. Seriously, I don't know, but it's not right, though. 
My thing is, is that keep the same energy. You know, I'm pretty sure it's times LeBron, Steph, you know, uh, Kevin Durant, Giannis, you know, they didn't went to the officials and they probably didn't have the best choice of words either. Or they didn't complain to, you know, to a certain level that, you know, they probably could have been thrown out of a game. But they know that the fans are there to see the superstars, no matter what, how any other role player want to feel. Right. I played on with so many Hall of Famers. I knew when I was on the Celtics, I knew fans were showing up to see Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. Damn it, I was just part of it. And it's okay. Keep the superstars in the game. Yeah, hey, that's the same thing with the NFL. We got 14 backup quarterbacks playing. Wait till you see what the NFL does this offseason. We are. We are changing (laughs) rules immediately. We are here to see the superstars. That's why in the NBA where everybody is so quick to jump and say, Adam Silver's on the phone with the refs. To see Joker get kicked out second quarter, Serbian Heritage Night Chicago. Chicago. It's like, that's bad business. That, that is just completely bad business. I apologize, AJ. I thought that's where you were headed. Your turn. Go ahead, pal. No, but it brings me a question about it. What could you possibly say, Perk, to get kicked out of a game and not get a technical first? Like, if I understand maybe saying something to get a tech, but is that in a rule book anywhere of, like, abusive language, whatever is an immediate ejection? It is, it is, AJ, but it also determines who the referee is, right? Right, like, is it a vet referee? Is it a young official? Your relationship with the official? Um, you know, I, I led the league in Texas a few years while I was playing, um, but I did have some Hell great yeah. relationships with a lot of the officials where they they already knew, okay, Perk, we know you're going to show emotions. We know you're going to gripe about every single call, even when it don't involve you. <laughs> so I think all that plays a factor. You know what I mean? But I do know this. And people could say, oh, it's not like this. Superstars get the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I if you could, the things I used to hear Kevin Garnett say to the <laughs> officials, you know, I, I, I could not get away with it. So my thing is, is this, again, AJ, we want to see the superstars, man. And if the officials could dial back a minute, and it, I mean, it's a game of emotions, right? We know Jokic and, and all these other superstars don't mean any harm. So at the end of the day, people are paying their hard-earned money to see the superstars. And if you could refrain from giving a guy a tech, damn it, do it. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, save the fourth quarter. You know, yeah. we're here. Mm-hmm. Let's preserve a uh, final here that everybody wants to see. Not that you should be calling anything out of pocket. Yes. You know, because a lot of people gambling on this thing as well with their hard-earned yeah. money. We need you. There is another situation that has been fantastic, though, Perk. Can't wait to hear your take on it. Go ahead, Condor. Yeah, Perk, first off, you're you're high if you think Celtics fans <laughs> weren't going to watch you and Rajon Rondo as one of them myself. I mean, a lot of people. Oh, a lot of j- Just so you know. And, you know, some people would also say if – you know, DeAndre Ayton had a little Kendrick Perkins in him, and the Suns probably win two uh, two championships <laughs> over the past few years. But with all that being said, uh, I think it was last week or two weeks ago when the Rockets were in L.A., uh, there was a kind of a sideline conversation of Ime Udoka and LeBron, and 
he might have called LeBron a bitch, and then LeBron might have said, hey, don't use that word, and then he might have said, do something about it, bitch, or something <laughs> along those lines. I know there's a, there's a transcript. Lip readers. Lip yeah, readers. there's lip readers and transcripts, but if you forget that and just watch the people that can hear him directly behind him, Udoka, it was definitely something along those lines. But is bitch kind of outlawed in the NBA? Is that something you're not really allowed to say? And also, is this normal for coaches to be chirping LeBron James? Or is this strictly Ime Udoka not giving a damn? Well, I think it's, it's, it's Ime Udoka setting the tone for his young Rockets team, right? And obviously you should never cross that line because truth be told, those are fighting words. And I believe Braun, from what I heard, said don't use that word so loosely. Yes. And that's when they kind of got into it. But, you know, when I think about when I think about Ime Udoka, he's setting the tone – because he's trying to establish culture, right? And in some of these young dogs and some of these young guys like Jalen Green, they need that extra ump, right? They need that dog mentality. They need to have it where it's rockets against the world, especially when you're on the road. So, you know, Ime Udoka, he did that when he was with the Celtics. I mean, he set the tone. And I actually enjoy it. Like, I didn't got into altercations, not physical altercations, but – a little, little boxing with certain coaches. You know, me and the the great Mike Woodson, you know, we had our altercations during the playoffs. I was trying to take the ball out. He was standing in my spot. I said, move. He said, F you. I said, F you. And we just kept it moving. But <laughs> I think it's all good for the game of basketball, man. Like, seriously, I, I mean, I don't want to see people. Like, I hate the jersey swaps. I hate the dabbing up after the game. Yes. Oh, I'll see you. Let's catch dinner. No, I want to see the real petty stuff. I want to see the Indiana Pacers taking and hiding Giannis's ball, six <laughs> ball last night. Like I want to see that. That create rivalry. That could that create. Oh, we're going to be looking forward to when they play again. Like we want to see that type of shit. Yeah. I forgot I could curse a little bit on him. Yeah, you said f you, and I was uh, pretty thankful. You know, saving the kids' ears. <laughs> Thank God. Sure. But the thought of you and Mike Woods to go fuck you, no fuck you, alright, <laughs> and then just passing it and just jogging in. That's a hilarious mm-hmm. visual. We appreciate you doing that. And you're an old man now. That's what you are. We talk about this in football pretty yep. much. Mm-hmm. Everything you're saying right now is like. You're from the generation that that was the norm. You know, that's just what it was. Yeah. That was the motivation. That was the inspiration. That was everything. And now everybody's friends with everybody. That's and not everybody. There's old school guys around there. Yeah. But you talked about one particular pettiness mm. situation last night. Tone Diggs has a question for you, Perk. Yeah, Big Perk, you brought it up. So where is the hierarchy as far as game balls go? Does the 64-point game of a proven superstar game ball, the high, most points he's ever scored, does that outweigh the first points of a rookie on another team? How does that work? Because, you know, I kind of I kind of thought Giannis should have got the, got the ball. Well, damn. So first, first of all, I never I – never, in my 14 years of playing, I've never been part of a locker room where a rookie gets the game ball for for, for scoring his first bucket. Good to know. Ever. I never heard of that. And Giannis dropped a 64-piece last night. Giannis dropped a 64-piece last night. I mean, like, damn. You know what I mean? But that's just the paces being petty. But get a man the ball. Like, you actually have to do something – to that, to that nature, reach a milestone or whatever the case may be. Giannis did that. 64 with no threes. He had 64 points, no three-pointers. You know was the last person that had like 64 points with no threes? You know that was the highest rated since the three-point line was, you know, put into the NBA? Who was it? It was Giannis. Oh, okay. 
Okay. He did it, yeah, absolutely dominated. <laughs> Weapon. Just a, a full force. We got to see him up close. Now you see why he went crazy? He just did something no one has ever done, I believe. Right? He's done something that no one has ever done. You don't think he wanted to fight for that damn basketball? How often basketballs get taken home in uh, the NBA? We have game balls that get handed out afterwards. There's, uh, I don't know how many of them. Normally it's one or two. Have they been used in that game? We don't know. I don't know. Never got one of those ones. But afterwards, then there's like ceremonial game balls that are handed out to people that had a great game. That's kind of standard operating procedure in the NFL. What is it in the NBA? How does that whole thing work? Well, well, I got I got a game ball, the one that the one game ball that I did get. Yo, yo, I'm just saying my first time as a starter, it was against the Philadelphia 76ers against Allen Iverson and Matumbo. I believe I had like six points, four or six points, but I had 13 rebounds, you know, three blocks. I impacted the game. They said, big fella, we wouldn't have won this without you. First time starting here, go to bar. I got it, you know, the numbers on it and everything. It means something, but you actually got to do something, not just score a bucket. Yeah, and also on the other side, even though you had 13 boards and three uh, steals mm-hmm. and everything like that, blocks, if on blocks. the other side, a uh, former MVP and a, uh, uh, a guy who's won a champion mm-hmm. and is one of the stars of the league, won for 64 or whatever, he's probably getting that ball over you. You're probably not getting that ball. I guess situations are situational. Right, exactly. And I wouldn't want the ball, especially if I, if I lost. Like, Giannis scores 64, man. Like, if you're going to be petty, go be petty to Miles Turner for letting Giannis play <laughs> candy ball. Ty Schmidt is- be- Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, you're the man of three basketball, man. Okay, so this is a normal thing. This is, yeah, you, yeah. You've earned the ball. Yeah. You get the ball, take it home, put it in a frame, put it in a mantle, have a, a nice moment well, later not, in life. Later in life. But, man, listen, y'all, it's not just the ball. AJ, it's not just the ball. A lot of guys take the jersey if they had a special Ooh. moment, Ooh. the shoes. You know what I mean? It's not just the basketball. Have the wine glass with a. Didn't Rick Carlisle come on and say after I heard his press conference say there's two game balls. We don't need the actual one that can go to Giannis. So now this should be. Is everything okay now, Perk? You think? Well, no, because then Giannis came on and said this doesn't feel like the actual game ball. So somebody's lying. You always got two sides. You got you got the one side. There's always three sides to the story. One person, the other person, and the truth. Amen. But the truth of the matter is you would know if it was the game ball there, right? I think I saw a video last week. A ball got into somebody's drink side court, and LeBron James followed the ref with the ball and said, same ball, same ball. We're staying with that ball. As the refs are drying it, it's like balls feel yeah. different, and there's like Giannis would know what the ball was from that evening, right? He would know that. Yo, yo, and, and balls actually do feel different, okay? But when, like, when, when you take <laughs> so all the balls, <laughs> Park, all the balls that you have felt <laughs> over this How entire many? thing. You played a long time. Park played a long time. A lot of balls. A lot of balls, Park. A lot of balls in hand. So Yours. So, so the basketball, the NBA basketball, like you could tell it's, it's a little heavier. Once you didn't play with it because of the sweat and they absorb the sweat, it's easier to grip. Like you could tell ball the sweat. difference of it. Okay, got it. Especially with all those hands on those balls. Yeah, more right. balls. You know, because there's so many hands. Oh, yeah. My ball, a lot of balls. Whoa, 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 whoa. Give me the balls. <laughs> Give me the balls. Yeah. Ty has a question for you, Perk. 
Yeah, per, I think for all intents and purposes, the uh, in-season tournament was a massive success for like fans when going into the year when they first you know kind of mentioned it. I think a lot of people, especially casual fans, were like, "This is fucking stupid. I don't know why we're doing this." But it was really cool seeing like the guys on the end of the bench for the Lakers who knew they were getting that five hundred thousand dollar bonus, like kind of going ape shit when they won. As a player, going into next year. Uh, in your opinion, like, what do you think they can do to kind of improve it and make it better? And what were your overall thoughts of it this year? I, I actually thought it was a home run. And I, I love Adam Silver. He's a fucking genius. And yep. I just – I, I think, honestly, it's, it's not – I mean, I understand the point spread rule, but it's not much I would change about the end-season tournament. I thought it was great overall. And I thought, most importantly – LeBron James set the tone of how you should actually approach it. If you go back and watch every in-season uh, game that mattered, tournament game that mattered, he played it like it was a playoff game, and he actually set the tone. The way that they celebrated, you know, that was it was genuine. So it set the tone for the league. And see, here's the bigger picture what people don't realize. See, Adam Silver is a lot is really really smart. I think he's one of, if not the best commissioner in sports. That's just my personal opinion. Okay, it's a bigger play to this. All right, it's not just the five hundred thousand. And if the players who are really involved with what's going on when you talk about you know the money and and the goal, the end goal, right? Eventually, guess what? Somebody's gonna say, you know what? We want the rights to this end season tournament. All of a sudden, that creates a bigger revenue for the pot that, you know, that adds to the pot more than the 500000 You know what I mean? Yeah. Too much money ain't enough money. And it feels like anytime you add a new promotion like the in-season tournament, there's going to be new revenue streams that come. And to your point, it was like LeBron, who I think during COVID also had a similar effect. It was like. I think the story came out of the bubble where somebody grabbed a microphone and said, Pat, uh, Bev. Pat Beverly grabbed a microphone and said, like, hey, Braun, whatever you're doing, we're doing. So, like, why don't you just figure it out pretty much is, <laughs> is how I heard the story. And it's like with the in-season tournament, you turn on the Lakers and LeBron is going hard and he's talking about how awesome it is. And afterwards, he's talking about how much he loved it. And then his teammates, you know, the two-way players at the end of the bench, they're like, LeBron told us he's got our back with the $500,000, which was like a 60% increase in pay for yeah. some of the guys that are on the Lakers. It's like, now California took 250000 Congrats right, to them. Right. Sons of bitches. From every single player with the taxes. But Absolutely. like, I think LeBron was the reason why it was so heightened and then you got guys like Tyrese Halliburton who became a star in the middle of that Mm -hmm. entire thing it was beautiful I really enjoyed it I'm a big fan now let's talk about the champions of that team go ahead Chuck hey big perk uh huge fan of yours um so the Lakers winning that deal Anthony Davis like we're talking about superstars we're talking about consistency today on this call with you he was an absolute friggin' dog, right? Yep. In that in season game, that, mm-hmm. that final. And then last night he scores 37. Yeah. LeBron doesn't play. I was waiting for, I think everybody else was waiting for, like, okay, LeBron's out. Maybe he's not going to show up tonight. He's done that last year. It seems like we're getting a more consistent. Can we expect this on the uh, night in, night out out of Anthony Davis this year? Uh, I believe so. And that's a great question. You know, we all have short-term memory at times when it comes to these athletes, but people forget last season the Lakers went to the Western Conference Finals. But in order for them to get to the Western Conference Finals, when they made them, those trades in February, 
you know, they had to make a serious run. And LeBron James was out. Anthony Davis arguably was the best player in the league the way that he played the game and got the Lakers into the play-in tournament, which got them into the postseason. So people forgot how consistent he was the back end of the season last year. Now this season, offensively, yeah, he was still trying to find his rhythm. He wasn't aggressive. He didn't have a couple 40 balls early. But if you go and look at what he was doing defensively, Right. We're looking at one of the league leaders in minutes. Right. I think he's number two behind Jokic right now in block shots. I mean, in rebound and number one in block shots and number one for his defensive protection at the basket. So now all of a sudden you see you that 25 game, 30 game mark. You start to see guys start to get their legs up under them, especially big men. And now we're seeing Anthony Davis actually get into basketball shape. And now all of a sudden it's starting to translate on both ends of the floor. So I think AD is just getting started. Okay, I love to hear that because he had some wiggle too, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, 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 was, he, he, he has a wiggle with how big he is and the moxie, obviously. If he's confident, which I think he lost his confidence last year, it seemed like whenever you're watching, yeah. there was a lot of confidence. And then when LeBron gets the most points in history in the way he was, it was like his, his yeah, it felt like where he was mentally wasn't where he is now. You look at that celebration of the end season tournament, the NBA Cup, he's like having a great time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And LeBron, the hat goes right to who? Anthony Davis, the yeah, first yeah. person with that toss. It's oh, like feels like they're empowering him as well. Good luck to the, yeah. with the Lakers. Can Lakers win it? Who's winning? Who's winning this thing? Uh, I don't know. Per- Come on, Perk. So- that's per- why you're here. What no, are we talking per- about? No, I, I know, but you know I know, but I, I'm looking. I'm looking at. So you, you know what? Let me let me say this. You know, if answer. I had to pick it right now today, okay. and I had to bet everything I had on one team to win it all. Let's not get crazy. We don't want you to. We just we don't need you to lose <laughs> everything. Come on, Perk. You know what I mean? Well, I got friends like like you and AJ and the and the boys that would loan me yeah. something if I lost it all. Exactly. But, you're right. You're right. We'll bring it back. We'll bring it back. Right answer. So, so, but I I think it would be the Boston Celtics. Yes, Per. Yes. Yeah. I think it would be the Boston Celtics. <laughs> like right now, right now, today, today, I just don't see any team beating the Boston Celtics in the seven game series. Fucking right. Park, you just made somebody so loud. Thank Not just God. right now, but like what we're about to experience over here. Uh-huh. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know how the Bruins are doing too. Bruins yeah. also top of the table. Bruins pretty good too. Mm-hmm. You know, so the Patriots yeah. suck, but they can just immediately but, deflect. What are you talking? It's about? Not football season. We're about to win. Well, I mean, we're, talk, we're talking about the city of champions, though, Pat. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what it is in the New England area. Just keep going, Park. Keep going. It's going to be hard to live with. All right, Park. Keep going, Thanks Perk. for doing everything you did to most of this conversation, mm-hmm. except for there at the very end. <laughs> Have a good one. What do you got next? What are you, what are you doing next? Uh, NBA Today. I'll be on right after the show. Okay, so NBA Today, because you're back in our world now. So NBA Today, yeah. NBA Countdown, you're also on that? No, not tonight. Not tonight. We don't have games tonight. Tonight is, you know what I'm saying, my hotel room. I'm in L.A. Oh, that's nice. Have a good one out there. Good laws out there, Perk. Now, what what, right. what is the what is your schedule though? What what you're, we'll see you on like get up and first take. We'll see you on NBA Countdown, and we'll see you on NBA Today. That's your now we're in it. Yeah, Sports Center. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ESPN Bet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seeing green. Yeah, yeah. Let's get yeah. down to three X. Hey, let's get down to three X. You know, we were at five X. We're at four X. That's the goal. Yeah, hell yeah. That's the goal. I ain't trying to get to a six pack. 
But a two pack is is perfectly fine with me. Up you know at the top, yeah, because those bottom yeah. ones that's been there a long time. You know, <laughs> this one up here we could get. I have the same problem. I have the same exact problem. Ladies and gentlemen, Kendrick Perkins, thank you, buddy. I like Perk a lot. Yeah, and he man, knows what he's man. talking about. Yeah, I, I am a big fan Sometimes. of Perk. Now, the reaction to Perk is a hilarious one. Yeah. Because, like, I think everything he does is entertaining. Oh, hilarious. Yeah. Like, I think he is a hilarious individual. Yeah. So whenever he's just, like, grunting on a microphone, yep. when he's not a part of the conversation, like, I find that he hilarious. some great clips. Need There's it. some great clips of him. I find it funny because he's – I'm sure in his brain – He's real. Like, he is real. What do you want me to do? I don't have a button. I don't have yeah. one. I'm just sitting here. You know, like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? Like, I appreciate it. I feel like he's good-hearted, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very oh, yeah. much so. For sure. Feels like They were calling him racist, though. You remember that? Oh, they're killing him last year. Racist Killing perk. him. In the middle of that, we had him on the show. It was Intr- cause, cause introduced him as racist perk. Oh, I remember that. That was awesome. Because he wanted someone, that was really good. someone beside Jokic to be MVP. Was that? Yeah. yeah I think he said. I think he said Embiid who ended up winning MVP. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. He. Uh, I love perk. Yeah. I feel like we should. He's on a lot of shows right now. Mm-hmm. True. So I don't know how much time he'll have. We should kind of play to it. Like on days like today, on Thursday, when we know the NBA is on TNT and not ESPN, that's one less thing. That okay. he's doing. Well, yeah, because I know next to nothing about the NBA. Watch the in-season tournament finals because the Pacers were in there and yep. the buzz around the city was good. Yeah. yeah. Sold out the arena here. Yeah. Unbelievable. To watch, AJ. Yeah. To watch. It was there. He was. Oh, it was a watch party yeah. from there? Mm-hmm. Sold it out. Had, it big had deal. It's a big deal. Yes. Pacers are huge in this town. Like, with a fan base. Well, Howard Burton's taking over the world, I feel like. If you're not even paying attention to basketball, he still will pop up in your feed like, what he is doing. The way he shoots is so unique. Yeah. And he is just lights. Ah, I love everything about it. I love that uh, we're getting a chance to talk to the best commissioner in sports, Adam Silver. Sure. Mm-hmm. Perkins' words on mine. You know, well, I think he's true because the other commissioner is Dana. Too Does scared. Dana count? Oh, he's no, he's a, president. He's president, president yeah. yeah. President. Yeah. But, um, Chuck, you're a man that I think has probably had more conversations with our commissioner than any of us. Why do you think he's yeah. scared to come on this show? What do you think sure. of this, Chuck? What'd you tell him? Yeah, what'd you, what'd you yeah, say what'd you to say, him? What'd you tell him, what'd huh? you tell him, Chuck? Don't go on that guy's show. Whoa, what was that? That was a little Connor of you. It sounded Who like was you were. That? That, yeah, I mean, that was Ty. I mean, I was Ty. I to encourage him. I'll Ty show does. you the text. Ty you, had, you said, hey, maybe we, what do you think? And so, boom, 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 boom. Hey, I think it'd be awesome. You're an incredible human. Come on, let's You're go. so smart. Come on. He is. No, I've got, was, I've got it. Chuck, what? Chuck's plugged everywhere, by the way. Yeah. I'll get a text from Chuck every once in a while and say, I just got a text from, insert name here, then there's a comma, or a, yeah, a comma, explanation of who person is, absurd title, yeah. and then comma, and then the rest of the message. And it's like, thank you for that. Was very, they were very kind, that person, whatever they said. So but he's he connected be, to everybody. Oh, yeah. Just want to let you know that. Chuck plugged. He would be awesome. He, he would be. Yeah, no. He, when I don't, are we know, I don't know why. I don't. Maybe Super Bowl. Super Bowl nobody's tell, nobody's like telling that. him. He doesn't have to go to like, you know, hey, do you think it's okay if I jump on this show? You run the thing. You're making 60 mil. Yeah, just, just Zoom call. That's yeah. all we need. But I think he also likes to be in person, potentially. Maybe that's the reasoning. He wants to be able to feel the vibes. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wants to be able to experience yeah. it, which we yeah, respect. Yeah, then why doesn't he come? Like it's not as oh, easy. yeah, just fly to Indianapolis just to do the show? Sure. That ain't happening. That's a tough thing. A lot of people ask us, like, why don't you guys do more in-studio guests? It's like, 
Okay. Are you guys booking them to come <laughs> yeah. to Indianapolis? That is a little bit of a curse of being in the middle of the country, you know, because a lot of these things all happen. There's like press runs and stuff where people stop by. New York, L.A., two biggest cities in America, mm -hmm. also have a lot of entertainment happening within them. So that is a downfall of being in Indiana, but the upside is everything else. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it bingo. Is, yeah. It is also the, the governor of the Utah Jazz said this is not a flower state anymore. Yeah, well, he's yeah. also worth four point three billion. Mm -hmm. Sure. And uh he had a big win last night too, I think. Utah Jazz needed it, but they, they've had quite a seesaw. They're not this, anywhere close yeah, to losing. Kinda, oh no, they losing fucking twenty one. I did have they lost twenty one games in a row. Twenty one true. Who did, who did that? Detroit, Detroit Pistons. Pistons. And Wemby in the Spurs 17, lost 17, 17, I think 18 after oh, last yeah. night. So what's that mean? What do I, I thought he was – what are we talking Wemby about? Wemby looked great. I saw him – was that he, last night? He, or more, he looks awesome. More than one guy, apparently. Yeah, he's good. This is the same exact thing that happened with Luka when Luka went to the Mavs. Like, he wasn't the guy the first year. They got rid of seven guys, brought in a whole Older new guys team. normally. Yep. Had to, had to, like, DeAndre Jordan was gone. I forget. I wrote a bunch of them down. But it was seven. And they got rid of all of them. That next year, Luca. I mean, he was immediately a superstar. They'll do that. Like they'll probably trade two of their guys, uh, Keon Johnson, Devin Vassell. They're kind of the next two after Wemby. I assume they'll move them around the trade deadline, and then it's like, okay, they got capital. They'll have a top five pick again, and then next year it'll be Wemby and the boys. Uh, uh, AJ, I asked Adam Silver if Wemby was cheating, you know, and then I looked at their record that night. And it was like. Well, oh, they yeah. are. It's not, not going <laughs> yeah. well. Oh, he's not it, it, it's not going well. I looked back on the interview. I was like, boy, I had to look like an absolute dipshit in that particular moment with Adam Silver. He was good on the program. Yeah. Right. You know? He's yeah, obviously yeah. a brainiac. Like, that is very clear whenever you talk to him. But he was a human there for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Batman. Batman was awesome. He was. Yeah. Little buttoned on mm -hmm. in the office. Chilling. Sitting on a chair. He looked yeah. so cool while he was doing that. Mm -hmm. He was on uh, ESPN the other evening, I believe, doing an interview before the game started. And P.K. Subban was up there. Yep. Messier. He was, he was asking questions. Yep. Well, yeah, what did P.K. ask him? A couple. He asked him a couple questions. He asked him a couple questions. <laughs> it was awesome. He was talking about maybe getting uh, cheerleaders, potentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. For the sport. Uh, Wants to build it up, make it a show. Yeah, got to be able to skate, right? Yeah, well, those that happens in a lot of places. Uh, ice dancers, ice girls. There's people that the people that scrape the ice in between every single tiny break. Like they, they seem like they are elite skaters. Elite, and some of them have like yeah. a performance while they're doing. It. Mm -hmm. Like you, have, they yeah. like have a routine where something's moving, the other one's grooving. We got shovels everywhere. Mm -hmm. Thought they had a zamboni. Hockey's awesome. That's in between periods. Oh yeah. yeah. Whenever there's like a. Like a break. A little quick stop. Season. Yeah, like, you know how a break in hockey. You know how the towels come out in basketball? In between the periods? Like yeah. 17 minutes? Yeah. Pretty, like like half time. Zamboni. Yeah, I think it's like 20, that. isn't it? What's the average time? Like oh. NFL, they want to be like 303, 304. What's the average time of a hockey game? Oh. I don't know. You're talking about the time Real length? time. I don't know. Well, so like when two they, hours probably? Yeah, when they set the minutes, games up. It's 18 usually, minutes in between periods. It's probably like yeah. two hours. It's either 7 and 9.30 or 7.30 and 10 are when they slot the games out. Mm -hmm. Last night, 12-round shootout. Pittsburgh Penguins Elect. get a big win over the Montreal Canadiens. Dad night for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Oh, there you Sweet. Go. All the fodders mm -hmm. were up in a suite all wearing their kids' jerseys. Sidney Crosby's dad after Sid Barry's one home off the post in the shootout. Yeah. The goalie, uh, Needle Jokic. Need, needle Delkovich. There it is. He's called Ned. Whatever it is. Ned. It was a tough name to say. <laughs> he was yeah. standing on his head for a while. There was like seven straight rounds of the shootout where both goalies got to stop. So, like, it goes to sudden death after three, and the Montreal Canadiens would go down. 
and Nettle. The Delkovich. Okay. Nettle Joe. Ned. Ned. Ned Yeah. Ned would get a big time save. And then, okay, here we go. Pens can win this. Mm-hmm. Here we go. They go down. Big time save from the game. It was electrifying last night while I was watching it. But in my head, to your point about this whole thing, how long's the break? And I thought you were going with rest. That has to be the most exhausting sport. How many games? 80 of them? 82. 82 games. Now, I know NBA, a lot of running. That's gassers and mm-hmm. everything like that. But it is so tight. The amount of energy that they just steamroll through a season with is absurd. Absolutely. It is, that has to be so fucking exhausting. Just full sprint skate and then you're off. And then there's no load management either. In at hockey. all. No, no, they're st- like guys they're- taking nights off. So you don't do that right in hockey. Last year, Kachuk, I think it was Matt Kachuk. Yes. Had just broken everything. Let's just say he broke literally every, Sternum, yeah. every bone in his yeah. body. They put his skates on while he was laying down, and then they propped him up onto his skates, and then they like just pushed him on the ice, and then he played a whole game. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Like, it was like, oh, this guy's dead. And then it doesn't get announced till afterwards. Oh uh, yeah, he had a broken femur, a broken sternum, mm-hmm. broken finger in his Pull right it. hand. His wrist was fractured in his left hand. It was like what, dude. These dudes are maniacs. Well, and they don't get, like, credit, I feel like, for being in absurd shape because they're just covered. Like, in basketball, you can see dudes be ridiculously yoked or in great shape. Football, kind of same thing, like, if they're on the sideline. In Mm -hmm. hockey, you never see that. And because they don't get, like, propped up like the other leagues, obviously that's a problem we've talked about a lot. Their stars aren't as well known. Like, if all those guys were to line up, their legs are huge, massive. Like It's essentially, like... Not the size of your legs. To no, no, extent, no. They, Sidney Crosby's Sidney's thing, isn't it? Yeah, yes. Sidney's thing is like he is, his lower body is so powerful. That's mm-hmm. like every guy you ever talked to that played against him says. See, what I was about to say is like A.J. Dillon, big quads. Saquon, big quads. I happen to have larger legs. A lot of kickers have larger legs. It's like in hockey, just like Saquon and A.J. Dillon, I think, like. Normal. Kind of just run the middle. Standard. That's yeah. what, and it's because their off seasons are just sprints on ice. And they their off season's very short, so then they have to get into game shape, mm-hmm. and it's like they're just phenomenally conditioned athletes. Yeah, over the speed there skaters in the Olympics, oh, same thing, the, huge. Yeah, and like competitiveness. We Dan about. Jansen, remember yeah. that Apollo Antonio? Yeah, Apollo Antonio, oh, former host true. of A Minute to Win It. Yeah, yes. people correct. forget oh. after Fietti. Yeah, and Fietti and that show were awesome. Oh yeah, that so, fell off. Oh, yeah, that's a game that should come back. Perfect for social media. Yeah, pretty easy. Viral thing. situation. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, boom. It's skating. Nailed it. <laughs> right on the money. <clears throat> and if you're just one hiccup off. You're done. See oh, right into the. Four years four of training. Years, yeah. Mm-hmm. Every day of your life. Imagine? Over. Those Olympians are wild. Like the figure skater. Who's the guy? We got the guy in figure Kimmy skating. Nathan Chen. Chen. Yeah. Ah, Nathan, yeah. Kid, tennis player. <laughs> <laughs> he redeemed himself this Olympic. Yeah, he won gold this Olympic. You were so confident. Mm-hmm. So I've, I haven't seen you that confident in a long Wait, time. What did he say? Timmy Chang. Oh, boy. Hell of a tennis player. Nathan Chen, I believe, is the He's figure the skater. What are you going to do? Hey, Timmy Chang was a quarterback. That too, for Hawaii. You're right. Great quarterback. Yeah. yeah. And then Cole. Cole. Brennan. Cole Brennan. Cole Brennan. Cole Brennan. Yeah. Oh yeah, man! Something. Ha- what? What did happen? I don't know. So, yeah, uh, he was a stud. Yeah, that that was a big slank, story. Man. That was, that was like, a big story. That was the Hawaii team that. Yeah, they went to the New York Six. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, that. Georgia. In hindsight, now that I've had the incredible opportunity of going to Hawaii, and if you can, you should. But it is very far, and it it costs a lot to get there. 
But if you can, you should. It is beautiful. It is. the. It's like as soon as you get off the plane there, it just feels good. You know, like the air, the mood, the vibes, everything. And the people are top notch. Oos is awesome. You know, like it is. It is a great Great country, or great state uh, in our country. People forget that. A lot happened there. Mm-hmm. But traveling to and from that place is like a, a day adjustment or mm-hmm. maybe maybe day and a half adjustment or for most places. And they were playing football. Just like, okay, we're flying in, playing a game, and then we're going to fly. And then the other team has to fly into Hawaii Seven, eight hour, nine hour flying to Europe pretty much. They don't have lay down seats either. There's no way the college teams are doing that. No way. Six hour time zone difference. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you're flying to a different, a completely different. They were in the whack when I was playing at Ohio. So did you play against them? Yeah. How was it? Was that back back, in the Rainbow Warriors? Back then it was like you got on on a rotation like every three or four years. So. My freshman year was 79, so it was their, Whoa. It was their turn. 16? <laughs> it was their turn Jeez. to come. You Come on. I, I'm old man joking. now. I mean, fuck. Um, guys, so they no, would come to us. So I only got to go one time because they would come like three times to the States, and they didn't, they didn't want them to travel as much, whatever. But, yeah, it's a, it, was, it was a fun trip. It, whenever they figure out those planes that are real fast, mm-hmm. look for Hawaii football to potentially come all the way <laughs> yeah. back. Oh, yeah. all, right. all the way uh, back. Let's look to this evening, shall we? Here hey, we go. Here we go. Week 15 is kicking off tonight on Prime. Yeah. You got Carissa Thompson. What? Richard Sherman. What? Fitzmagic. What? Witt. What? Gonzalez. What? Kaylee Hartung, Wide. Al Michaels, Wide. Kirk Herbstreit, Wide. Taylor Rooks, Wide. Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch, Wide. Ben, the dog, dog. The dog. did make the trip, Wide. Wide. he did, Michael, Michael Smith, Wide. Wide. I think that's it, um, yeah, that might I be, think, so. think how much they invested into one game. A week. Quite a bit. Love that. All those people. Uh They went all in for this thing. And I think the numbers this particular year have been bigger, obviously, than they were last year. So the future of streaming the sport that we all love, I think, is going to be a very big one because case study just in one year says, yeah, once people figure out that this is just their routine, it continues to grow. They learn, then they figure it out, and then they become masters of it. And even during commercial breaks, they even bounce back potentially to another place, then they come back. People have learned the routine of this whole thing. Massive success. Tonight, though, this might be the biggest game they've ever had. Might yep. be. Easton Stick might become the next quarterback that we chat about as becoming maybe yep. the next generation of greatness Ooh. in the NFL. This guy's handled a football once or twice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This guy's won three national championships. This guy, I think, was on the Indianapolis Colts for a bit. And whenever he was here, you had people from North Dakota saying, you, you need to play that guy. Mm-hmm. You need to play that guy. Well, tonight, he gets a chance to lead a team without Keenan Allen. But with Austin Eckler. Hell yeah. Into Las Vegas to take on Aiden O'Connell, Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, and interim head coach Antonio Pierce, who made a tough decision Mm. this week on who would be the starter between Jimmy G, Brian Hoyer, and Aiden O'Connell with the mustache. Chuck Pagano, you're 8-4-1. And And a couple of those four have come as of late. Today, that changes. Today we put out the fire. Yep. Oh, yeah. 
Put the fire out. Come on, Chuck. Chuck. Put the fire out. He, Chuck used to say this, you know, and I'm sure he's not the only defensive coach. After a turnover mm-hmm. or a shanked punt, put the fire out mm-hmm. to the defense as they're jogging on the field. Love that. Today, you put the fire out, Chuck. Yes, Today, we win. Today, you accurately mm-hmm. predict. Do you like the Raiders yeah. minus three or the Chargers plus three in Las Vegas tonight? So, Easton Stick. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about there. the Chargers first. Okay, okay. <laughs> they do have Eckler, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Austin got the contract. We talked about that early. Right? Well, they, they, they well, paid him. He was one of the, the whole running back yeah, deal. Nobody's yeah. getting paid. Here you go. We're undervaluing the, the the position, all that. So he gets paid. Mm-hmm. He's averaging three point seven yards Thanks. per rush attempt. Mm. Uh-oh. I don't look at those numbers. Either. No. I just look no, at those numbers. Good. I don't, even, I don't even, AJ, I don't even think he has over 400 yards rushing. Oh. He's got 30. So this team is without Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen has 108 receptions. Jesus. The next closest guy is Eckler with 36. Yeah, he's I never, six. I've never seen the disparity. 70, what is that? My math is not worth a shit. It's like 70, yeah. But it's a, it's a big number, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't get that. Quentin Johnson... Stud out of TCU, right rookie. He hasn't come into his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, numbers on that, too. Rent, uh, what's that? The numbers on the Quinn Johnson thing, just because he was the first receiver taken. I think the next eight are all over 500 yards receiving. Have to be, right? Yeah. Jordan, all of them, right? Oh, I, just Chargers fans are up in arms. They didn't draft Zay Flowers. Or, as they should yeah. be. He's got... 60 catches for the Ravens mm-hmm. in the game winner last week. We all saw that. This guy's got it. Are you shitting me? Filthy. The guy's a baller. You don't believe who'd in Who do we say? Uh, what's the receiver con man that's back up tonight? Uh, Josh Palmer. 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 Very good. Got a good tight end, Gerald Everett. Good player. Palmer's eight? No. Uh, seven. Uh, the so offensive sorry, five, line? Yeah, Everett. Did we watch the offense? You know why? All right, Justin Herbert, who's who's one of the better quarterbacks. Sure. I think he's top five, six in the league. Okay. That's why he's out. Well, the Broncos murdered him. Oh, okay. I mean, nah, absolutely true. murdered him. Both his his like I don't know AJ's which finger fingers. was on his left hand a little uh, a week or two ago was broke that's wrapped up ah, now ah. his right one was twisted backwards oh. and lowered oh hip okay. drop tackle yeah that is. yeah up to the finger on his hands so yeah so uh, <laughs> an Easton stick correct me if I'm wrong boys in the back but okay I think he's got 24 attempts okay. as a professional quarterback guy can spin it Pr- 24 now he. 49 and 3, we said in college. Yeah. Right? Player. North Dakota State, big That's, division, big football. No tape, ball. no tape I mean, on him out there, huh? Mm. Good day. Hey, yeah. Yeah. However, he's 13 um, of 24. Uh oh. He's 13 of 24. Uh-huh. So he's, for, who told, who told he's you that? due. Somebody needs to let him spin it. Who told you that? Uh, we're having a nice Italian Heritage Day. It was yeah, another Italian. If you can't protect, I mean, so they're going to try to run it. They ran in the first meeting. They rush for 155 yards without Eckler, so that gives the Charger fans a little bit of hope that they can run the ball on these guys. Um, you look to the other side. No, talk about the defense. Khalil Mack, they got, a, they got a dog over there. He's got 15 sacks in week four or five whenever they played. It was 24-17 win for the Chargers, six sacks. Yeah. Forced yeah. three oh, fumbers, three fumbles yeah. off Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, I remember that game. Aiden in that one threw, threw a pick, had three fumbles, lost two. So sure. – Responsible for, th- I don't think that's going to happen tonight. So they got Khalil Mack, they got Derwin James, Sante Samuels over there. Davis has been in and out, you know, at, at corner, but 
really one guy that can get after the quarterback. So I got to believe if you're the Raiders, the only thing, if I'm Antonio Pierce, like when I go to the team meeting, like when we played the Rams mm-hmm. and we had Robert Quinn coming in, mm-hmm. what was the one thing I said that week? Yeah, game record. It was pretty cool. You just actually put his picture up on the the screen and said this one. I don't not care. I don't give a fuck about nobody else. But this dude right here can't. He cannot wreck the game. Yep. And what 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 happened? Well, he ended up going on having the most sacks that season, and uh, he, he certainly got a few against. It wasn't that season. No, wasn't it? He I got a nineteen and a half at the Bears a couple seasons ago. Robert oh, Quinn did. Okay. But he st- strip sacked Andrew Long, <laughs> picked it up, ran for a touchdown. The final was thirty eight to eight. Not yeah. one of our best moments. I gave away a truck at halftime to a military member that came home early. Yes, oh, we just watched that video. Yeah. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah, Pat, it was a very cool way. moment to be a hey. part of. Shout out to Wish for Our Heroes Shout for doing that and setting it all up and everything. And it had to be a Toyota, obviously, because the contracts at the time, which is certainly a conversation that was had that entire time. But He came out of that truck. I teared up. Me that too. was awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I re- really. Re- I mean, I didn't get to see it live, obviously. We're in there trying to make a few adjustments. Yeah, well, they just took a punt back to the house as soon as the half ended as well. So uh, it wasn't the part. <laughs> You're talking yeah, about the actual I got an earful. I got an earful on that. Why are we kicking the ball to him? Yeah, that was a great question. I should have put that thing out of bounds. I think that was the plan. But I didn't tell you. I got to tell you those. No, things. no, I don't think so. I, I think that was a pretty clear situation. <laughs> that one's on me. You know, it's not easy on me. just kicking yeah. it out of bounds. Yeah, that's on AJ. Me. Sometimes it is, though, huh? Sometimes it is. Well, when you shank one, uh, anyways. Uh, so, anyways, Khalil so Mack I'm, not so wrecking the Hey, let's do everything within our power. Tight end, two tight ends, run it at him, and when we're going to throw the ball, a minimum of two blockers on him. Okay, Klomak is not wrecking this game. Four now, he's hands. He's still going to go, yeah, and six. I don't mind six. Or okay, so if get, they got a one arm guy, we don't know he's on five. Yeah, right. He likes to rush from one side and one side. He likes to rush from the, from the left side. That's where he likes to rush. Because it's both sides? The offense is right. You know, but. Staley, I don't have a lot of faith in, in Staley if I'm Pierce. I, you know, in, in Charger fans, I don't have a lot of faith. They're going to give us some fourth down opportunities, get some stops, get some field position. But anyway, Mac, boom. O'Connell. Okay. Take care of the football. That's all we care about. The football is what? The program. program. The program. So take care of the football. Don't turn it over. Ball's program. Jacobs mm-hmm. is questionable. Yep. yep. I, I'm anticipating him playing. Crosby, we know, is going to play. Uh-huh. Tyree, is it Wilson, the kid mm-hmm. rookie out of mm-hmm. Texas Tech? Yep. Mm-hmm. He's got to catch fire. He's got to get going. John Jenkins inside. Let's get going. Bobby's Grab playing. your rosary. Bobby's Spillane. 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 And it's L-A-N-E. Yeah. Sorry. Spillane. Sorry, right. I think I called that kid earlier uh, bottle instead of battle as we we're trying to announce that he's okay. made change in the NCAA rule. So, so I think we're going to – I don't I, – Vinatieri. Mm-hmm. Yep. Eckler's not. Goal, goal, I'm goal. not worried about the rushing yards they got in, the, in week one. We'll we'll stop that. We're gonna get after. Like if it's me, like we're gonna we're gonna see if Easton can spin it. Shut down the run. Get after his ass. Crosby loose. Tyree loose. Spillane loose. Epps in the backfield. What? Back end loose. Damn Let's go. Bro. So Vegas. So you like Raiders Let's minus go. three? I, I'm going with the. Uh, I'm going with yeah, Midge, my man. I'm going with the Las Vegas Raiders. The middle gentleman minus three. That's amazing. Come on now. All right. I like that. Look at that. Ooh. Way to go back there, boys. I like that thinking ahead. Holy shit, boys. Forethought in this particular program. Come on. Look at us. We're evolving. I'm wearing long sleeves. Huh? How about it? They said we weren't going to. We sold out. Chuck Mm -hmm. had to do that so he couldn't vacillate this week.
Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's he's hard on it, aren't you? Yeah, always. Yeah. You, you would you like to change your pick? Not only no. Oh, but fuck no. Oh, yeah. Never That's the yeah. silver and black. <laughs> Antonio Pierce. Come on, come on. Champ Kelly. You're five and eight. You come, can bury these guys. Come on, bury them. Put their program done. They'll be nah. done. 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 They're right on the verge. All you got to do is start fast, punch these fuckers right in the face. And then boom, it's over. And then go. Get them out. All right. How about you, AJ? Are you uh, I mean, compelling you... argument by Chuck. You see how Chuck paused after we at, you asked him, hey, do you want to change? He paused for a good five seconds. So he's feeling pretty good about this pick, isn't he? Well, Miss Tina, he told us, yelled at him last yeah. week on yep. Friday morning because as soon as she saw him waffle, she knew that they were fucked because she bets alongside of these picks. Now, obviously, Chuck does not. Chuck no. is a card player. Yes. Exactly. He just gives his picks. But Miss Tina's not scared to take advantage of what's going on. No. She's a gambler. Mm-hmm. She's a champion gambler. She's a good gambler. She is a good gambler. Good gambler. Good gambler. Pretty good gambler. She's a really yeah. good gambler. And they like gambling. Mm-hmm. Like they will oh. go. They will go to a casino. We might be going. Chuck wasn't disappointed we in might that. Be going uh, Super Bowls in nice. Vegas this year. So said you were not disappointed in the Super Bowls in Vegas this year. What is it? Slots? You do slots or cards? Don't say slots. I've not met a a gambling <laughs> table or machine that I haven't become really friendly with. Okay, like I, like too, I like too many. Where you all the to bases. first? Where you but to she first? loves slots. Okay, she loves slots. She loves slots. Wait, blackjack? My, my wife loves slots as well. You a blackjack guy? Yeah. Love blackjack. Yeah, that's a go-to. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where I had... It's fun group. It's fun group activity if you get a good oh table. Oh, my God. You get a good table, AJ, to your point. Oh, Lord. Get a bad mm-hmm. table also. Need to walk. Yeah, yeah. See ya. See ya. Get yeah. help. See ya. And, if, and if it's a bad deck... Or uh, uh, what? What? Get out! Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Yeah, if the turns. shoe is bad, get, don't be scared. To you got a system, the two, two, four, four, eight, whatever. Yeah. So yeah. there's a full. You know that movie Twenty One, obviously. So there, I got the book. Ben Campbell on how to do it all. I've never read a book in my life, but I've made a promise to myself that that is going to be the first one because I feel like my brain, what it remembers and how it remembers stuff, could be good. If I learn how that whole thing Charlie works, Devin. now you got to be a genius, though. Those motherfuckers are genius. Those MIT. That was, they, were, they were a team too, though. There's multiple people in play when they're doing all that. Yeah, but you can still get an advantage if you know where the hell the shoe is. And I think Dana is a guy that yeah. understands that. Mm-hmm. Dana White is one of those guys. Seems like it. Yeah, he's been kicked out of many. Mm-hmm. He's been kicked <laughs> out of many casinos forever. And then Red Rock is, I think, a friend of his, one that used to own the UFC. And he's just posting videos of gambling with people. They're winning like 250 grand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Down, coming back. He's crushing people. Like, he goes, like, yeah. Guys, come out. Here's another 100,000. He's done good for himself. Yes, yeah. he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Dana White. Yeah, it's awesome. Especially with where he's at right now with how jocked up he yeah. is. Yeah, I saw a flirt. He won $2 million off a of hand. But to win the two million, you got to know that that's the hand you're probably going to win. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's mm-hmm. a whole nother thing. Yeah, that is uh, goes into the blackjack, and I need to read mm-hmm. that book someday. And also, can't wait to sit down at a blackjack table with you and Miss Tina. Chuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, AJ, are you going with the home of slot machines in blackjack tables? Ooh. The Las Vegas Raiders here minus three. Yes. So Max Crosby is going to play, right? Yep. He's questionable. What, is, what was he dealing with? What was it? Mm, you know, Todd. Thigh? Either way, Tired. if he's on the field, we know he's going 100%. He's winded. He can't. He doesn't get winded. Actually. Oh, nope. no, he, he practiced no. yesterday, too, so he's definitely going. Okay. Nice. Yeah, of course. Give me the Raiders. I'm a, I was on board before I heard Chuck's whole, you know, everything he laid out, and I 
and he reinforced my thinking of Raiders here. I, I love the Raiders here. I think it's uh, a great play. I agree with the Raiders minus three for all the reasons that have already been stated. I okay. apologize to the Chargers, but man, no good real feeling about your team whenever I think about it. That's not good. No. Because we love the Chargers around here. Mm-hmm. We also love SeatGeek, and right now, we are in Gift buying time. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We are in gift buying time, and a lot of great football is right around the corner. We already talked about Super Wildcard Weekend and the playoffs and the Super Bowl right. and bowl season that's happening right. right now. You're alive, but are you living? Go live and experience something live with our friends at SeatGeek. And right now, $30 off all football tickets. Whoa. $30 off. Now, you won't be able to buy the 45-cent tickets at Pan- uh, for the Panthers this weekend oh, no. with this particular code. I think it has to be more than $30, obviously. But buy some football tickets as a gift to a loved one, a significant other, right. maybe somebody you don't like. Just get them out of your life for sure. four hours. There you Bingo. go. <laughs> Could be absolutely anything. Download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code PAT30. That's PAT30, and you get $30 off all football tickets. That's any NFL or college football purchase. Doesn't matter if you're a new or repeat purchaser. It's a great time of year to give a gift. Why not make it a football ticket? SeatGeek is the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth and the moon. That's right. If you ever have a live event on the moon, I would think that they'd be using SeatGeek as their ticket app. For sure. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here, shall we? Chuck. Good job, Chuck. You've had a great day. Today. Yeah, great job. Great day. Oh, yeah. no doubt. Great day. Good work, Chuck. Great no, day. You guys. He brought in um, some banana bread that he made. Mm-hmm. Delicious. So, oh, I didn't make that. Incredible. I, I, I can't take credit for that. Okay. But it's unbelievable. Good. You didn't make what? what you did. What happened? Wait, who made Pina? it? Who the hell made it? You didn't make it? made it? Who, 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 who made it? Who what happened? supposed to be How do we... AC Calhoun gave it to oh. me for a little Christmas. Icy? Anthony. Calhoun, AC, oh. Indianapolis legend, runs Wish TV Sports Department, which Chuck does a weekly hit on. Nice. Yeah, Chuck's on the promo and everything. He's the coach, you know, the old coach he talking about coach. the team on Wish TV. AC, the legend of a human being. He gave the he gave that mm-hmm. banana bread to you? AC, I want to let you know, he re-gifted your banana bread yeah, what the hell? to the office today. <laughs> it weird. was incredible. <laughs> so we are good. very, very grateful for it. Oh, that man. was the best taste of banana bread I've ever had in my entire life. 100%. Thank one you for doing produ- it. One of his producers, Ross Bowen, was there, and he's a he can imitate. He does me. He can do you. Nice. He, I've heard Jim, a couple people do me. Jim. Whoa. And well, the, uh, mm. the owner, Ty, can you, the owner the for the uh, Fever, I have no Any idea? idea? No idea. Tom Johnson. What is the owner of the Indiana Fever? Southern Gael. She's like, we'd love to have a Caitlin oh, I, come on up in here. Well, we take good care of Caitlin. I like that the WNBA is becoming a part of our conversation. Yeah. We, yeah. we need more That's of that, obviously. Have. I'll look into is it. Is that really who she <laughs> Is the that the owner of the That's Fever? That, who was that? That was the owner of the, yeah, the Indiana the, Fever. You could be a nice gal. Was she at the party last night? Did, was she at I the, hope I'm not speaking out. I could be way off. I'm sorry. Hey, this, that's a, a show. A couple pops. Chuck, you ever, I might have had a couple Chuck, pops. What if Chuck has no idea who he talked I think I talked to uh, uh, Herb Simon. Is that Herb? The owner of the Pacers is also the owner. Maybe it's a wife. Of the Indiana Fever. I'm Maybe not it's sure. the head, no, it's the head coach. Who's the head coach? Oh, of LSU? Kim Mulkey. No, of the, the Indiana Fever. You were with the Bill head Jackson. coach of the Indiana Fever last who night? Bill Jackson. I can't believe Ty doesn't have this in his repertoire. Yeah, the head coach of a professional who, team here in the city. Who's in which the head you don't have an impression? Uh, Where's no. this? Was this a party? Was it Christy Sides? Where's she from? 
Let's uh, look up where she's We're from. We're really going to go on she's a rabbit Wait, Where Rouge. did we see this person? She's from Baton this Rouge, old Louisiana. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Yeah, there's, there's a chance be. she has. got to be. Chuck. She has yeah. a great accent. That's the one, AJ. All right. That's Make sure you get on that. Ty, pick up the, what appears to Probably be Christmas. Occasion potential. All I could think about was, like, Got to pass this on because you would you would love. It's probably this the same as Kim. Why you were talking to her last night? No, I wasn't talking to her. I was talking to a dude, Ross. Who was talking? On to her? The, he's the producer. Oh God, for AC, and he does the imitation of her. And oh, was she! What a fucking witch hunt! What? Where did this, this banana guy? bread come what? from? Chuck? <laughs> yeah, who gave us the banana bread? Hey, Anthony <laughs> Calhoun. You feeling a little bit? AC. No, it feels they taste well, delicious. Yeah, I love banana bread. Chuck, are you ever awesome. critical of the Colts on your Wish TV thing? Yeah, hometown show. What do you do? Are you, are you ever critical of them? If you are, do you ever what think you? about calling the coach and asking to come and speak to the team before you're critical of them on a show? Or? <laughs> That's a good question, too. Would never. No, we don't air it. That's a great question. No, just get your ass in here, Ben. <laughs> Go talk to Tom. Hey, yeah, you should tell Tom. Hey, when you do that, that local show. You should be on that big mic and... Hey, when you do that local show, Chuck checks in. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Chuck checks yes. in. Nice. Like, I've seen that. I've seen the stuff pop up. Like when I've like, seen the promotional things. I've only I've seen, seen the promo sheet. They yeah, sent me the sweet I, backdrop. I was gonna say he's got, got an awesome step and repeat. And you saw him. The thing is, yeah, you, I don't deserve it. I mean, it's, what do you do? That you just break down the entire team? They or just you? ask me questions, and I yeah. It's like Shane like, Steichen. If you were Shane Steichen, what would you do? Yeah, in this yeah. Situation? Hey, going in the last, you know, down the stretch playoff hunt. What advice you giving Shane Steichen? I'm the last guy AC to be giving Shane Steichen okay, right. any advice. Okay, this I guy love that. obviously got the team going in the right direction. What's the show called? Colts kickoff. It's countdown to kickoff. C T K. Oh, it's on Sunday. Oh, Let's go. Chalk checks in. Chalk checks in. Boom. There it is. Look how cool you look, dude. You voted. You look super cool. You look really cool. The last last episode, I did the my cutoff. You remember the for the brand? Yeah. And I cut it off the week that I was Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. From no sleeves. How'd you look? Pretty jocked. Sweet. Did you look pretty jocked. Uh, for me, yeah. You think you're gonna win? Tina, tonight? Tina loved it. Yeah. 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 This is no brand. I've already got, or Tina's already got her. Yeah, of course, of course. Love that. That's okay. how the Iowa Hawkeyes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Any Iowa State kids. That's right. All right, before we get out of here, Chuck, let's go ahead and let the uh, universe decide how good our vibe should uh, be. Come on, Chuck. Ooh. You want to throw a football? What do you want to do? You're a football guy. All right, All right here we go. Come we'll on, go, Chuck. We might need to move Jabba. Yeah, okay, Jabba. A little bit. Been running a 4 2 these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm moving. Chuck Pagano looks sweet in his military hoodie. Uh, we have an update, I think, on AQ Shipley. Oh, really? Still alive out there. Still oh, alive. Great. Good, Still alive. Good. Way to go, AQ. Shot AQ. there in war games. Did not see that. Is he home yet? Get an update today, did we? Uh, I think he might be on his way out here soon in the next couple hours. We'll see uh, if we hear from him. But you're right. We have not gotten an update in some time. I'm starting to worry. I think there's a chance last night, war games, the boys might have had a good time. Okay. Oh. And if he's representing for professional football, you know, they might try to, you know what I mean, AJ? Yeah. How that whole thing goes? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure AQ did well. I'm sure he did well in that crowd. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he handled himself well. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even imagine when he got a little boozed up, he started holding court when oh, he was saying yeah. he's oh, yes. Seals. yes. What was coming imagine out of his mouth? There's a what, few stories. They probably asked him, what's it like playing for Joe Paul? Was Sandusky on the staff when you were there? Can you imagine anything? What's wrong with that? I, I don't know if that's immediately what they're going to ask. I would assume that's one of the first questions when they heard he was Penn State guy. Uh, maybe there is a couple Big Ten Navy SEALs out yeah. there who just want to immediately go to that. AQ has some stories about you know housing some booze mm-hmm. that could potentially probably lead the lead the the whole conversation, and then 
I assume the Seals have some stories. Oh, yeah. 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 And then yeah. that just gets going, you know. And then all of a sudden, AQ's up 2.33 a.m. thinking to himself, we got 5 a.m. Yeah. Wake up call. And then today might have been a tough one for him. Mm-hmm. But AQ persevered for the good of football. Come on, Come on, you. You. Come on Goose. And for the good of football, Chuck, with your big-time pick tonight to get us back on the right side of gobbling gods everywhere, all you got to do is throw the football into that hoop right over there. And if you do that, 15 people, $500. And also, big news, got to chat to the people at Venmo. Sweet. More specifically, president of PayPal and Venmo named Alex. Not Elon? Who said, I think, I don't think he he sold it. He's founder. I think he is no longer a part of the company. And PayPal would go on to buy Venmo Mm -hmm. and kind of do the entire thing. So when we do these giveaways, we say, just let us know the easiest way to pay you digitally. Like Venmo normally ends up being right alongside of our entire thing because how many people have Venmo? But they had a, uh, like a restriction on how much we could Mm -hmm. pay out. So we've been trying to find a person at Venmo that would lift our restriction so we could pay out more people because there became a bottleneck mm-hmm. of our winners on Venmo. So shout out to Alex and the people at PayPal and Venmo for efficiently taking care of that last night after oh, I, nice. I tweeted and yeah. said, hey, anybody got anybody at Venmo? It was like a desperation heave. We'd emailed like 15 different people all in the thing and we get like the, hey, we will, you know, I don't think they fully comprehend what goes on. So shout out to Venmo for getting that sorted. We appreciate you. A lot of people got a lot of money today uh, because the bottleneck was kind of relieved. And we're incredibly thankful to be in a position to do that. And also, anybody that watches this show and has helped us get to this point, you deserve to win some shit, too. And all Chuck has to do is bury that ball into that hoop and 15 more winners of $500 on this glorious week 15 Thursday, December 14th. For the people, Chuck! Oh. oh, too strong, too strong, too strong. It was right on. That's the line. AJ, Love you have it. anything to say to Chuck here before he attempts his uh, second throw to win 20 people? $500 okay. here on this Thursday, 20. December. Chuck, you know I'm always positive here, Chuck. Sorry to cut you off there. Uh, how do you feel about this next throw, Chuck? I want to ask you. It's a good question. It's going, it's going to go in, right, Chuck? I feel really good. Okay. All right. In turn, I feel pretty good about this, Chuck. Also, what size shoe do you wear, Chuck? Those are pretty sweet. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if he's just going to give you the shoes off his feet, but I understand. No, I don't want them. I just want to know. You don't want them? He's going to buy them a pair. Obviously, I know what you're doing. What size? (laughs) Uh, 12. uh, It's probably size 12. (laughs) Yeah, Looks like 11 and a half from here. That's a 12. Mm. I am a 12. I'm a nine and a half. Are you seriously? No. I don't believe that. Grow up. No way. No. Nine and a half? Grow up, Chuck. That's why. You can buy. Oh, he's got some sweet shoes, feet, right? though. That's why he's playing DB, laying the wood, because he's got those sweet feet. Yeah, but you get to save so much money when you buy the kid sizes. <laughs> that is. Is that youth? <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Because with the blue, I I noticed them as well as soon as he turned the corner, AJ. I think that's why you asked yeah. the question because you saw me like, damn, those are some nice yeah. shoes. Those are those on clouds. Oh yeah. Feels like you're walking on the clouds. Love What's your them. favorite uh, cigar, AJ? Uh, anything Connecticut wrapper, mild. I don't really have like a, a favorite go to. So okay, so it's not a, like a Macanudo or an Ashton or a. No, I mean I love Ashtons, but those things, you know, when I buy boxes of twenty five at a time, a couple times a week, those price adds up for Ashtons. That's for sure. Yeah, you think you're about- smoking too much? You think you're smoking too much? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. That thought runs through my brain every once in a while, late at night. And then you just compress them down. Yep. Yeah, fuck it. And say, excuse yeah. me. How much is too Don't much? Don't need you right now. Mm-hmm. I love these things. Pretty much. Think about it's it. Guys, chain smoking cigars. It's all relative. Jesus. 
I really only smoke on the show, though. Like, yeah, that's the weird okay. Sure. How, yeah, how, that's I mean, I will. I will smoke somewhere else, but I very how many, rarely. How many do you go through on the show? I don't know. What do you think? Maybe one or two? I, you tell us. I don't yeah, know. What do you mean? Yeah, probably like anywhere from two to six, I would say. Six in one show you've done before? But I don't like. I don't waste like I don't I don't smoke them down to the bare minimum like I uh, I get done after I don't like taking two you're leaving some meat yeah. on bone out there smart yeah 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 okay I appreciate that all right well I think we should maybe talk about that at some point yeah yeah figure that out you know I, I don't know if that's sustainable it's not but appreciate <laughs> you found whatever makes you feel good though mm-hmm. everybody's just yeah. searching for their own happiness that's right everybody does their own thing you know what will make twenty people happy what's that. Chuck Pagano can bury that oh, football Chuck. into that hoop right over there. All you got to do, Chuck, is make it for 20 people to win $500 in this glorious. Oh, uh, too hard. It's getting closer, though. Might need you to just load that a little up. bit. Yeah, yeah, you're gunning it. Yeah, he's too strong. Too strong. Yeah. Too strong. Hey, uh, Chuck, real quick before mm. you go there, Tone Diggs, who saw Ben Roethlisberger play quarterback <laughs> at a high, high level for a long time for the Pittsburgh Steelers, has something to tell you about what he saw in your first two throws. Coach, you're, you're a kind soul sweet soul a wise soul and from deep down in my soul it feels like you're gonna make this one Ooh, appreciate hell to you paisan love you paisan guys kind of teamed up against another paisan earlier in the show today but that was fun julio that's such a sweet name it It is is. if i could i'd change anthony wait as as the alpha as the alpha in my family i will let you in whoa what did you just say? You heard what I said. Oh, Whoa. Coach, what uh, the coach, hell is going coach. on? Mikey, Where, dog. Coach. Mikey Dog's coach. not happy yeah. either. Coach DeJulia, what the hell is going on over there? He ain't going to be. He's he's burning through six cigars right yeah, now, yeah. too. He just heard that, and I think he might be driving. I did this right before now. Thanksgiving, too. I like to stir the pot a little before I know I'm going to go home and see him. He's going to have the same exact feeling that he had whenever they lost to the Norwin Pepperonis. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Coach is a big cigar guy. You yeah. think he's going to call in the crew? Tone, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know if it's the right one. Because you just gave a motivational speech to Chuck, and then you just say, hey, Coach Diggs, you lost it, old man. Yeah. That's what he said. Coach Diggs might no, show I up know here. When I, when I come home, he'll put his fist right in the middle of my chest and let me know, and I like that every once in a while. Just yeah. wake, the, wake the bear a little bit? Yeah. For the good of Coach Diggs, mm-hmm. the <laughs> alpha of the DiGiulio family in Duke. Yes. You know, he says he isn't. Mm-hmm. And 25 people who could win $500. All Chuck Pagano has to do is bury this football into that hoop right over. That sound like Tone maybe is the alpha. That was your worst throw ever. That was tough. That was a tough one. By far. Yeah, Coach Diggs ain't going to be thrown. It was your third one. You've just been missing terribly. Come on, up the hey, whole time. it doesn't matter what you just did. It's about what you're about to do. And that's win 20. Oh, oh my God. Oh, do that. Go right at it, Chuck. That was a good throw. Beautiful. You know which ball. Get yeah. the pipsqueak. Yeah, the Bama Throw the ball. Little baby, baby Stanley. You're, the, you're the best thrower of that one. Ladies and gentlemen, a coach for 36 years in football, 18 in college, 18 in the NF. Oh, Rim. He throws it well. He does. Where's the it. Russ Wilson ball? Oh, you don't want to. Oh, no. That was a bad decision. What was that? Oh, it was in the bounce. Into the kitchen. Not bad. I don't think I've ever seen that before. What about about the Duke? There's a Duke on the ground. There was a goal in hockey last night that was like that. Like the angle in which you put that ball into that door. I don't. It wasn't a good one. You good? Two left. Sure. This one, that one. Is that all? You tell me. (laughs) Just make it. Coach Chuck Pagano! No! Oh! 
He's all jacked up. Mountain Dew. What are you all jacked up about? He's all jacked yeah. up because he's back. He's back, you know? He's picking winners again. I hope. He's back uh, in the winning horse. In the stallion barn. Oh, a good ball. Oh, hey, oh, oh, it's oh, a Cal- graveyard oh, out there. Oh, calibrate. Calibrate. He and Tina Misses about to bankrupt a casino tomorrow. Everywhere. If Tina lets him in the house. I'll tell you what. <laughs> life does have a funny way of doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Everything has to happen because it is happening. And you just have to acknowledge that and move forward. Mm. What that ball is about to do for you and your confidence going into this weekend is going to be something that they'll write movies about. Mm-hmm. An impossible to throw football finds its way into a hoop from a coach that just missed 50 shots. Mm-hmm. If you're able to accomplish that, 30 people oh, will win shit. $500 whoa. this holiday season on December 14th. Ladies and gentlemen, Paisano, Chuck Pagano. Here you go, Chuck. For the people winning some money. Holy shit. Oh. Almost. Ooh, no, it's the fucking, it's the dorsal. Thing, yeah, man. the dorsal thing stop. That thing has a mind of its own. Well, maybe next week. Maybe next week. Next week is Christmas week. Next week is holiday. Yeah. Sorry, people. Christmas week. Yeah, save it for Christmas. That was awful. No, no, no. Because every time you do that, people remember how hard of a shot it is. That's right. Mm-hmm. If you were to make it every time, you know, people would be like, that's easy. Yeah, anybody could do it. Because you remember, you did AQ Shipley missed a bunch, and then yeah. he just grabbed a basketball. Fuck yeah, it. It's a tough shot, Chuck. You're, you shouldn't be expected to make it every time. But when you do, we're all very grateful. Just like we are for what you did today. Great work, Chuck. AJ, great work, pal. Boys, fantastic Mm -hmm. job. Can we get a shot of Gumpy's fit today? This dude looks so clean. Gump, we need to... up, Goop. Can we turn turn the lights on, too, so we get this? We're going to have to come out here. Gumpy, yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're kind of puppeting him right now, and I don't know if he loves this, but look at the fit. Gray on gray. Wow. With the chain. Oh, wide. 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 Why? Thank you. Far too kind. Looks like a little Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Whoa. He does. Ooh. What was Travis Kelsey Good said some guy. stuff. Travis Kelsey said some stuff uh, on the New Heights podcast. We'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll react to this game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We have Nick Saban on tomorrow. We have a Why? lot of stuff tomorrow we're very pumped about. Thank you to the Attorney General for joining us yeah. earlier today, That's if you sweet. do recall. Thank you to Michael Lombardi for sure. joining us. Thank you to Chuck. And uh, you all are the greatest people on earth. For uh, Did I miss somebody? Big perk. Oh, fuck, yeah, big perk, late, late edition. edition. Yeah, late yeah, edition. edition. That was a great conversation. It was Absolutely. awesome. He's hilarious. He picked Boston, too, just for you. Right. I think he, um, Greg, you it, we should. You planted that in his head earlier. I, no, 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 we should. Hey, somebody that is from Boston and went to games to watch you, man. You and Rondo. I mean, I didn't like how he sounded. He made it seem like he didn't do anything. He was a massive reason that team won a championship. Yeah, that's why I know Perk. I remember him yeah. on the court. Mm-hmm. He was also in Oklahoma City, right? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Might have won, too, if they didn't trade him. Yeah, him and KD and... Well, they lost the next year, and unfortunately, a lot of people do blame Perk for that, but I don't. Scored like 68 points. It's not on Big Perk when you score damn points. It's Paul Pierce. Fucker. Okay. Hey, we don't need Barry. We, what are we? I'm just saying. We're on, on our I way out. I can see him on the TV right now. He's got a, a top hat on. Oh, my God. Yeah. You say Perk. he's trying to get back in weight. You said I touched 400, and yep. I said, got to come back down. He's a good person Sweet. to speak about the Zion situation. Yeah, so, perfect. Hey, yeah. hey, come on. All of us, yeah, we have the ability to get bigger mm-hmm. than other people. Mm-hmm. Some people can just have McDonald's and eat everything, and they're able to remain in great shape. Like, there's some of us, and I'm adding myself, but Perk was talking, like, we got to, huh? 
Mm-hmm. Got to focus. Maybe on the plane, instead of eating what everybody else is eating, let's try an alternate option. Maybe yeah. Zion will do that. Anyways, hopefully somebody reaches him. And hopefully the Raiders cover minus three tonight so that we're all celebrating. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're the best people on earth for allowing us to do this every single day. We are so incredibly grateful. Be a friend. Tell a friend something nice. It might change your life. Goodbye.